Welcome to the Helihead Show. This is episode number 19. I am your host, Skits, and with me is Gucci. What's up, what's up? And of course, we got Yard Sale. Hello, my friends. And we've got Fence Post. I have no idea what I'm doing. That's usual. And we've got Bob, Bob Heaster. What's going on? Right on. Where's that music coming from? All right, what's going on? Uh, apparently, Scott's hearing voices. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, it sounded like our intro music. <laughs> Somebody's got a good microphone. I gotta say, yeah, hearing things. Yeah. Nice. Cool. You guys still quarantined? Quarantined. Yep. Mm. As of today, I'm a free man. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they opened up a bunch of stuff. Yeah, my my field's back open. Parks and stuff are opening up where I live. Cool. Restaurants and stuff are still closed, but it's moving in the right direction. Thank God. Nice. Who needs to eat when you got the heli field open? Yeah, I don't. I just fly till I die. Right. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Chew on a tail boom or something. (laughs) That reminds me me of the best thing I saw on uh, the forum the other day. It was Keith Williams. He said, send it till you end it. Nice. I like that. Oh my god. I love it. <laughs> We're gonna steal that. Yeah, definitely. That's that's a new hashtag. Right. That's your new hashtag. Right. Hold and send it till you end it. There it is. <laughs> Done. Well, oh, man. I feel like our hobby's been in chains for you know past couple of months or whatever. So when they release some of the other states release the restrictions, it's gonna be like a free for all. Like people are gonna be running to the field. Could be. Yeah. Well, I feel like uh, that's that war scene in what was it, Braveheart? <laughs> <laughs> Running down the hill, freedom! Right, yeah. Plankers oh on God. one side and hilly guys on the other. How'd you see that? Did I turn on the live stream early today? <laughs> <laughs> you sound no, you, so you happy. Have, you still have face paint on when you went live. Oh, jeez, I forgot. I, I washed it off. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Spoiler alert! That was blue log tight. <laughs> mm. He's still are learning. You, are you licking the bottle again? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jeez. Well, first things first, uh, let's go ahead and thank everybody for downloading, streaming our podcast. We certainly do appreciate each and every one of you. And um, at any mm. rate, that was heartfelt. It was. It was. was yeah. Yeah. Each and every one. That's right. It'll make a great new commercial for for Freefall. <laughs> oh, they still geez. around? Are they? Yeah, I don't know. I, think I mean, I, I I heard they're really like focusing right now on the whole three D printing art. Mm. Yeah, could yeah. be. I thought they merged with BK. Oh, <laughs> shots fired! <Damn. laughs> Taking schedule pointers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Listen, if we go down, I'm glad that I'm going down on the same ship as y'all. You know, mm. my ship already went down, buddy. Yeah, I know, right? Where you been? What is it like? Yep. Beer ten? No, I'm nope. still on my first one. Oh, this night is young. We got to prime you up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, don't worry. Got my beer. Got my gummy worms. 
<laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> I mean, he never said anything when I shipped him that side frame and I wrote on the, the cardboard, Ermagerd gummy worms. I thought for sure that he'd like post it or say something, but no, nothing. You know, what's funny is when I sent him, when I was shipping him that helicopter, yeah. he, uh, he, he made it a point to write me a message on Facebook and said, no gummy worms. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thrown some in there. Yeah. Oh man. It's a five minute trip to the gas station. Missed opportunity. Yeah. I would have opened the bag too and just dumped them in there. Well, I was, was going go. to stuff it with the, uh, gummy worms, but then I was like, well, I don't know how hot it's going to get. And I don't want these things <laughs> to be melted all over his helicopter. <laughs> Oh, that'd be bad. Uh, That'll be the best post ever when he goes, yeah, I got my helicopter, but I need a new canopy because it's yeah. covered in gummy worms. <laughs> Does a live video of him licking the side frame. The snowsberries taste like snowsberries. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. So we'll, we're already del- derailing on this one, it's, so I like yeah. it. That's what we do. Yep. Situation normal. Shall we re-rail? Let's do it. All right, Gucci, rail us. Oh, there it went. Uh, there it went. There it goes. <laughs> you know, the jokes are just flowing tonight. I like. And it. we are what? Couple minutes in? Three minutes yeah. in? Let's let's Five go back. All right. It's midnight somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep this joking uh, going. So, uh, speaking of joking, week, yeah. What? Go ahead. Hit me. Hit oh, me. I was just looking at your first bullet there. That's funny. Yeah, I definitely, uh, you know, somebody mentioned that I was the, the Helen Keller of tuning. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, listen, I'm, I'm going to admit it. There's, there's no secret yeah. that I'm not the best at tuning. You know, 3DS went up more. like Hiroshima. Oh, it was. <laughs> you know what's the worst part? So, yeah, I, I definitely got overzealous with the tuning on. I think it was the mid-range on that. um on the 3DS that I had in the crack and mm. man, but it was, you know, and we talked about this. It was sounding so good. It was pulling like a freight train. And at the time I had my daughter next to me and she was having a life event. She left her sunglasses and she couldn't really be my spotter without the sunglasses on. And as she was in my ear talking, that thing popped, inverted. I think it was sideways. Mm-hmm. Somehow I managed to flip it over land it i i really didn't think i was gonna make it i really thought it was gonna crash this thing you know sideways or something like that but the helicopter was okay but that motor is toasted mm. i mean did you, did you tear it apart yeah so nice hole on the piston or no no so the piston is okay but it's, it's scarred to hell so okay. it's gonna have to be sleeve uh ring and piston now yeah now the uh rear bearing looks okay but you know when i actually take it out i'll you know i take out make sure it still feels good but i might just throw a brand new bearing in it just for the heck of it because it was hot and mike touched up the motor a few minutes like a couple of minutes after it popped and it was still it, yeah, it's, it was it, it was smelling good, and it was funny because I was walking with my daughter to pick up the heli from the field, you know, from the kind of 10, 20 feet away from where we were standing, and you could smell it, you know, that nitro, burnt nitro smell that it has. So, yep. yeah. So but, you, heard, you heard it here, folks. If yeah. you want your nitro tune, come on down to Gucci's <laughs> Tune and Boom. Tune and Boom. <laughs> Gucci's well, Tune and Boom. Tune and Boom. 
at this point, you know, why YS should hire me because I could definitely get him some new business coming in with my uh, tuning skills. But mm. <laughs> well, that's the best part about YS too is you can say that your tuning skills are on point. The regulator just failed. Yeah, <laughs> just blame it on that. There you I go. Mean, tell you differently. It was on the it was on the second flight. The first flight sounded good, but it was after the first during the first flight that I I, I kind of halfway through, so to speak, I went to f- like two more clicks in on the mid, and that's when the third the second flight. It was funny too because the audience was like, "Yeah, you know, it really sounded the whole flight. The second flight, it was it was just going lean in and out of lean." And I'm like, "Oh, great! It would be awesome if you guys came and said, hey, Daniel, sounds kind of lean or something." But, uh, I, d- I did yell to you, but did you? I, di- I didn't hear it until, like, I'd say maybe 15, 20 seconds before it shut off. <laughs> I heard it, and I said, Dan, that sounds lean. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. So, definitely bad. But it, I, I got to say, it was it was running. I mean, it was pulling strong, and I should have taken – I wasn't really paying attention to the smoke or the sound much because I had my daughter in my ear, but – that thing was flying good. I, I I was definitely enjoying it. What did you think, Mike? Was it pulling pretty strong before it popped? Usually yeah, I, th- I think it was. Uh, it sounded good, like the first flight or two. I don't know. Did you say you you turned the needles in a little bit? Yeah, after like okay. towards the like halfway through the first flight. But that was first, you know, when I first got out there early morning, and then it kind of warmed up. So I don't know, you know, Scott, you know, you you said, you know, you mentioned the whole thing about potentially being the regular. It could still be the regular. Like I, I don't know. Uh, well, because if your tune was really close to, and anything hiccuped, like, mm-hmm. but yeah, two clicks though was a lot. Like if you were on it, like your yeah. mid was pretty much good, and then you went two clicks in from there, like yeah, you're. Yeah. Send that, send that and, thing to the core of the earth. Yeah, and I, and I wasn't being nice to it. So what I mean by that, I wasn't letting it breathe. And well, my, well that's you, a peculiar thing because it would stay off the mid needle if that was the case. I think what happened is I I was in the in the high so for so long. I think it was just naturally building heat, right? So when I actually stopped it because I was inverted at that point, not doing anything off the mid, and I think it got you know it was already kind of heat soaked. So when it came down into that mid, it was it got you know leaner per se potentially, and I think that's when it popped, you know. But going was, going two clicks, I mean, sometimes YS is just a one click. It's not a two mm-hmm. click, you yeah. know. Where OS you can do two or three clicks, and it still kind of has like a buffer, but you can't mm-hmm. do that with YS. Yeah. yeah. So Plus that pipe you have, it sounds lean all the time, in my opinion. What a pipe are you running? Uh, yeah. MRCI. The, it has a uh, the really weird tone to it. That's the older one, the mm. one that still had the carbon on it. Mm. So the plan is, when I rebuild it, if I put it back into one of the airframes, it's going to be with the Hattori. I got a Hattori. Um, 120? Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> no, I wasn't able to get uh, the 120 Hattori pipe, but I got it's the one that was made for the um, 91 uh, 3DS. It's but like, it's, it's the F3C pipe, right? No, no, no. So I have an F3C pipe that's brand new in the box. I was able to find a, a used Hattori. Like, it's like 946. It's, it was specifically for the 3DS, and it came from UK. So what are the do's and don'ts of using an F3C pipe versus just the regular or 3D-style pipe? Like, what, what do we... If you're doing 3D, is there dangers doing that, or...? So where does it I suffer? Mean, I was told that it was based in the RPM range the engine's supposed to run at. 
Yep. So and the F3C pipe is geared to have more power at a lower RPM. Mm. Um, so in theory, if you run an F3C pipe and you run a higher head speed, you'll bog into that power band, but you'll bog more. Uh, or yeah. if you run like a normal, like legitimate 3D pipe that's specific for higher RPM, uh, it'll be harder to bog it. But if you drop out of the power band, it'll be, you know, worse. I see. Yeah. Good so. Stuff. I have the F3C pipe. I'm just going to keep it up on the shelf because I have the other Hattori. But it, maybe one day I decide to put it on. I don't think the MRCI pipe was was bad. I think it's it just sounds different to me, you know. And once again, I'm the Helen Keller, right? I, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's it's super for me. It's very hard to pick up, but it definitely sounded different and definitely didn't sound anything like I was used to before. I mean, to me, sometimes it sounded super rich. But it wasn't. I think it was the pipe. So I think that's why maybe I went to two clicks, just because of you know the the sound. You know, I, I didn't recognize that it was it was quite on the, you know on the verge of going lean. So you should try that F3C pipe. I ran I, a couple of them back to back, and it it wasn't really that big of a difference. Yeah. I mean, you know, it'd be interesting to try it. You know, because like you know we we fly a lot with Todd Dudek, and he does a lot even on the nitro lower head speed. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I think the F3C pipe, by the sounds of it and the feedback that I'm getting and what you just said, is it sounds like it actually wouldn't be a bad idea, uh, a bad pipe for if you run it, you know, sub 2000, you know, maybe run it, you know, 16 to the 1800 uh, RPM range. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely that's why I'm not getting rid of it. I think I'm going to keep it, you know. So, yeah. Cool. Good news is. um I got a. I had the '96 just sitting there um, in the box. I took that out. Hmm? <laughs> so that's a good place for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the good news about it, I took that one apart. It really, by the looks of it, the the only thing that changed in that one that I had to replace was the rear bearing was really rusted. And honestly, it kind of looked it rusted when when I got it. It came from somebody from Louisiana, so I don't know. Exactly, you know how he treated it or whatever. Um, but it's a flood motor. Well, <laughs> I th- I think a lot of those places when you're talking down south, it's a Bayou all, Boomer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think you know, like and and you know, uh, kids could probably talk more about it. And and you know, since we lived in South Carolina, you know, humidity, especially if you keep helicopters out in your garage, you know, and you always have the garage open. It gets to it, you know. Um, I mean, that's why you got to keep it inside the house at times, you know, or just make sure everything is closed up. You put a cap on your muffler, you know, so none of that humidity. It gets really bad. I mean, most of the times you'll have 80-plus percent humidity on just about, you know, weeks at the end. So you got to be careful with that. And that could have been very well, but it was easy, you know, just a new bearing, rear bearing, and I put a new ring in it. And I actually took it out and gave that bad boy a try. I started on the first try back into um, to running rich just to let the, the ring seat itself a little bit. So only problem with that one was I went for the second flight and it just didn't want to start. Well, come to find out that the uh, I put, you know, I used the, the gray RTV for the, the pipe seal. And I think some of it might have got thrown into the uh, plug because I tried to um, put the power to the that plug and it was just dead. And it was 
really nothing else I could think of other than that that plug. So and I that was a brand a new plug. Yeah, it was brand new. Never, I mean, it was literally still shiny hmm. when after that first flight. But how, you know, how look, much RTV are you putting on your? I mean, barely a, a light coat where you almost see through it. I mean, I, I put a dab and I spread that dab across the whole thing. Yeah, he he knows and how to do it. We we yeah. I, we and then we, take yeah. take a Q-tip and go around the edge and clean. Yeah, like a little or even the yeah. inside. Right, mm-hmm. clean yep. like a little sixteenth of an inch before it goes into the yeah. port. Yeah. So okay. I and that's that's how I did it on the OS fifty five. That's a, we've always done it that way. I've never had that issue until now. So. You know, I think I talked to Skids, and he's like, just don't put anything on it. Just tighten it up, do one flight when it's still warm, tighten it back up again, and just rock it. Yeah, I don't use stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Raw dogging it. Raw yeah. dogging, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was that. Was that. And then, uh, let's see. Ah, I sold some stuff. You know, Mike should be happy in the beginning because I sold the Havoc 3-Blade. <laughs> yeah and somehow because you know i don't know maybe i'm just one lucky guy but he got to the buyer in perfect condition nice. imagine that so um the only thing is uh you know yeah, and fortunately you know i was i got on the order i ordered a hub for him and he got there at the same time and I think I don't think he's flown in yet because I haven't seen any messages from him. But he was getting ready to. I think he was finishing up the build uh, last weekend, so that got there okay. And then, ah, I'm sorry, Mike, but I sold my last non-SAB brand. Uh, <laughs> I think this is part of a bigger scheme. I'm yeah. feeling he's all in. Mm. So. <laughs> You picked it's me just, up and you fucking threw me right back down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I let go of the N five five six. Um, I did keep uh, the motor for it just for a future build. You know, let's keep our fingers crossed that something cool comes out in the six hundred range, five fifty six hundred range that we could uh, use that fifty five on. Um, that would be cool. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll leave that to the imagination what it might be. And you're not, you're not going to go with the YS60? No, honestly, you know, it, it, that, that, that 55, because I, I've i run it for so long, um, I, 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 I don't see a reason to really change it this time. Yeah, you know? I agree. Hey, you should have at least one Nitro that runs at the field. <laughs> man, oh, man, you just killed me over here. <laughs> I honestly, you know, I, I think, you know, just kind of going, you know, back to the OS, YS battle, they run good. It's just they're, they're not, you know, you better know what you're doing with tuning, I think, with YSs, you know, or have somebody that is good at it. If not, it doesn't mean that you cannot do it. It's just you got to tread very carefully. I think the moral of the story on the YS story is, on the YS side of things, is just stay on the rich side. You know, don't yeah. don't. Well, I, like I, I don't want to cut you off, but I don't. I, I get what you're saying, but I think I mean you're relatively newer into the tuning nitro stuff, and I think everybody burns up a couple engines. Well, he's new to the YS growing pains, right? You know, and and so, it does tune different. 
you know. I don't immediate. know if it's in, you know, I don't know if it's that it's harder to tune. I think it's just a different. It's a different sound. Different thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think the the best advice I could give is if you don't have anyone, just tread very carefully if you're going to make that change. Because I've, I I know for a fact, and I think I sent Skid some pictures of my OS 55 that I've run, you know, in the mm-hmm. N556 now for, uh, you know, almost two years. That thing, the ring, the top of the, uh, the piston is still shiny. Yeah. I mean, there's barely any discoloration. My ring is still black. You lean that baby out. You know, <laughs> so and and it should, it, should be Coco Brown. Yeah, and and then on top of that, you know, there was the one time that it leaned out in flight and it was sounding really good. And so even with that, it still didn't pop. You know, it's still running good. So I think I just need to, even with the YS, I need to approach it. You know, kind of be a little bit more. Yeah. Easy on the tuning part and just get it to a point where it runs good, but I'm not chasing that, that edge. Well, my, my bad if I never shared that knowledge with you, but, and Scott, of course, he's probably our resident professional at this point with YS. And so he can correct me. But when with OS, it's like, you can always kind of go two clicks at a time. Usually, you know, like you, you can kind of get away with that. But with OS, like or YS, once you start getting closer, like I was always told way back when is like, then you kind of start going a click at a time. I know it might, you might kind of feel a placebo effect, but you know, ultimately you only want to go, you only want to go like one click at a time because two clicks could be the end of you like that quickly. It could, the, the window is that narrow. Yeah. I mean, even running when you're running your YS56 at Urcha, mm-hmm. you yep. know, it's, it's, I remember it's like, it sounded really good. And then yeah. I think you did, you know, you, you tuned, you know, and you know, the temperature changed just a little bit between day and night. Yeah. Well, I you know, and also the tank was, uh, I was getting towards the end of the tank. And so yeah. when I went and did that big, huge loop and was coming back over, you could hear it mm-hmm. gurgling a bit. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. So we need to at least go back a click. And yeah. it didn't make it. <laughs> and and, and co- coincidentally, too, if you, you know, um, you know, when I, when it popped, it was at half tank or a little bit below half tank. On what, yours? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, you know, I wonder if it was just, you know, it was fine in the beginning, you know, and it still was doing okay until it started really going down on the fuel level. And now, you know, it, it just naturally took a little bit off the the richness that you, that the carburetor was seeing at that point. I don't know. You know, it's, mm. you know, just got to be careful. And I wasn't listening. You know, that's, yeah. that's, you know, the, the proverbial, um, picnic problem in chair, not in computer. You know, it was, it was me not paying attention. Right. And I think we talked about this. You know, it's nitro is the fourth dimension. You know, you really, it's a whole different thing that you got to listen for whenever you fly a nitro. And it's, it's, it's a little bit at a time, especially when, if you're trying to do some new maneuvers or you're really closer to the deck, you know, it's, it's very easy to, to lose, you know, the, the sense of what is the nitro motor doing, you know, cause that, that YS pulled all the way until it popped. I mean, it wasn't like halfway through the flight, it kind of slowed down on power. It was, it was pulling, you know? Yep. So yeah, that's uh let's let, let's let's keep moving. Um yeah, let's see what else. It's it kind of feels good because I I, you know, I saw some of this stuff is to do a 
quote unquote spring cleaning. You know, it's kind of odd because we've been in the the COVID, but I did you know sell the two Hollies. I did sell some extra servos that I had laying around, and uh, you know, it's it's good to kind of clean up a little bit just to to be able to make space for some new stuff. You know, maybe the three bladed Kraken, Mike. Mm. No, nothing. No. Mm. Hmm. You must not be too happy about that. Not listening to you anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I think a, a three-bladed crack and it might be in the future. And uh, last but not least, you know, we we finally pulled the trigger on a on a uh, Byron Roller Rage uh, order directly from Byron. So uh, Northeast Ohio, come next uh, next week is going to be nitro heavy. So we got some. <laughs> yep, we're gonna we're gonna burn that baby up. So. That's kind of my my weeks, you know, so to speak. Nice, you know, nothing else. Like but you know, we're, we're getting, but you know, now that I bored you, let, let's hear what uh, a good uh, good friend Scott, what you got for your weeks? Oh, not very much, to be honest. Um, flying a ton. Um, found a new flying field in the area. I've kind of ever since they closed mine, I've been like hopping around different fields to see what's in the area, who's there, what's it all about, that kind of stuff. So found a couple cool ones, met some nice people. So any new heli guys? No, most of them are airplane guys. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't think there's any other heli guys around. Unfortunately, maybe up in Statesville, I've heard there might be some. So I'll go take a trip up there see if I can find any of them. But I know the guys that are up in Statesville come down and fly here. So I think. I think we know them all. <laughs> um, finally trying to ditch the neck strap. Uh, it's been weird trying to fly without it, but it's starting to feel equally as weird with or without now. So now I'm totally committed at this point. So I need to continue to nice. fly without a neck strap to uh, start feeling comfortable again. But I have this problem that if I if I think too much about the stupid radio, I can't fly. Like, it feels weird. And I feel awkward, and, like, I feel like I'm going to let go of the sticks or slip off something. So now, like, for the past two days, I've been constantly thinking thinking about it because I either don't have a neck strap or I caved in and put it back on to, to have a flight or two. What What's the reason behind this experimentation? I don't know. I just got sick of using the neck strap all the time. I tried to do this, like, a year ago after mm-hmm. Birmingham because uh, I forget who it was, but someone made fun of me because I had a, a neck strap on. And I was like, what's wrong with that? I don't drop my radio. Well, I tried to not fly with one. And then my buddy Mike Lawrence legitimately dropped his radio and destroyed his helicopter. <laughs> and I just was like, you know what? Forget this. Like, we all fly with neck straps. Forget this trying to do it without it thing. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just. I must I be. I what? I must be one of the few that I could. I can fly with or without it. It doesn't bother me. Like, I, I can walk out there and completely forget to put it on, and I wouldn't even notice it until I go to take my radio and set it down. Oh, man. Like, Are you oh, a thumber, man. though? Yes. Yeah, that's probably why. Good. Yeah. When you're a pincher, like, it literally feels like you're going to drop the radio all the time. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Because your hands aren't all the way around it, you know? Yeah, basically holding it with your pinkies. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just felt like... I've forgotten my neck strap a couple times or like I've used someone else's radio to fly stuff and it always felt terribly awkward and I like almost crashed someone's helicopter because like I can't move my fingers correctly because I'm not holding the radio like I'm used to kind of thing. So I just decided that I need to not be like uh, restricted to have to use that. So I was like, you know what, let's just do it. Unclip it and start flying without it. So I think it's at the point now where it's starting to feel, uh, more normal without it than with it, so I'm happy. Are you are you noticing that you're holding your radio up by your chin at all? 
No, I hold it like straight down almost. <laughs> it's like by my waist, if not lower. That's good. Um, the weird thing is though that I never used to use my fingers to. That sounds dumb. Never used to use my fingers and bend them while I fly. I'd like move my palms or my entire hand, mm-hmm. and now I'm having to like relearn how to fly with my fingers and not move my palms. Yeah, that's gotta be weird. Yeah, it's definitely weird. That's it's kind of like when I uh, I injured my hand when I was like 17. I messed up my index finger, so I had to relearn to fly with my middle finger when I pinched. It's like that all over again. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, no good. But you pinch with your middle finger? I don't anymore. So like oh. maybe four or five years ago, it started to work again, and I could now bend that finger, and then I started to relearn to fly again. This is like the fourth time relearning oh. how to fly. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no so good. You were giving the middle finger to every time you flew, huh? Yeah, it was weird when I used to fly. Like my index finger would stick straight out because I couldn't bend it. So I had like the teacup pinky out when I flew. The teacup pinky. <laughs> <laughs> but it was my index finger. So I was like always yeah. pointing straight ahead when I was flying. We, was so... we call that the hoity-toity finger. <laughs> the hoity-toity <laughs> finger. I was a hoity-toity pilot. <laughs> uh, what else do we do? Um, I might have swapped around my fleet a little bit. Multiple bit. times, actually. I mean, last last week or yeah, two weeks ago, I hinted about um, swapping some things, changing some things up. So technically, I had traded um, all of my 550 size helicopters for another 700. So that way, everything was 700 size, and it was two Logo 700s and one Black Thunder. And then I traded literally two days ago one of those logos for another Black Thunder. So my fleet, my fleet is now, you know, two BTs, one Logo 700, and an Oxy-3. Nice. And that's it. I want to stay there. Nice. No more changes. We came up with a name for it. What's that? Playing Scott Potato. Scott Potato. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty creative. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, it. You killed my train of thought with that one. It was so good. <laughs> Uh, still working on repairing the Oxy-3. It's, it's sitting in a box right now looking at me like, how could you? Um, the parts came, and I just need some time to put it back together. Poor little guy. So what do you think of that thing? I don't think we ever really got your your thoughts on it, because you were... That's the first one you've owned, right? Yeah. I had it flying pretty good. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Even with the plastic blades, that thing flew good. Um problem I had was I only had it for maybe three days of flying, and then I had the midair. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. But I did buy some blade bolts from a, um, what is it called, a fireball, and I'm going to drill out the blade grips and put bigger blades on it. So I've got uh, some Rotortech carbon blades that are going to end up on it. I think they're 285s, if I'm not mistaken, something around there. Hmm. So hopefully it flies pretty good with the carbon blades. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So... Other than that, um, just stoked to have Black Thunders again and get ripping. Nice. That's it. What about you, Mike? Uh, let's see. So me, i kind of been uh, doing what Gucci's been doing, some spring cleaning. Um, ended up selling the Gowie NX4. Um, our buddy Gummy Worms bought it off of me. Gummy worms. So he's gonna. I think he. Yeah, he has one already. So I don't know if he's gonna use it for a spare or set one up for a fifty-five or and one a thirty-seven. I don't know. But so kind of glad that it went to somebody that I know will use it and and fly it. So because I was kind of. I don't know. I was really on the fence about getting rid of that one. 
That thing was a lot of fun to fly with the 55 in it. Um, as we mentioned before, I retired the V1700Ns, and I had a guy who was uh, put up on Facebook that he was looking for a little project helicopter and wanted a, a V1700N. And I shot him a message, and I'm like, look, man, this is, you know, these things have a lot of flights on them. They've, you know, I've had them for many years, crashed them many times. I have a lot of spares, a couple of spare frames for it. You know, here's here's what it is. You know, some of the screws been slotted because those frame screws on those things never come out once you put Loctite on them. You have to slot them and do all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, the ones that are on the flying heli are all good, but the ones on the spare rare frames have been swapped with for the good ones. So those ones have slotted. Uh, kind of went down the whole spiel with him, and he's like, yeah, I'll take them. Gave him a, a good deal on it. and. I got those things out of the way, so now I won't end up putting uh, stuff back in one of those and flying them again. So um, it's kind of a, a bummer. That was my favorite helicopter. Probably the, the helicopter I've owned the longest. Wow. I've had that thing for like four or five years. And, uh, yeah. yeah, kind of a bummer to get rid of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. I do the same thing where I get rid of stuff, like either for free or really cheap, just so I don't put more money into it, because I know I will. Right. <laughs> yeah, like here, take this before thing, it costs like, me money. Times. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, went out and, fl- and flew and uh, put in the XL520. Yeah. <laughs> Crashed the dog crap out of that thing. So, <laughs> was goofing around and doing uh, like full negative towards the ground and trying to catch it the last second, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so I. Well, the one time I kind of pancaked the skids out, I didn't catch it. It was a little bit too late. And most of uh, tweaked the tail boom just a little bit because it was still flying. It went back up in the air, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, is that tail boom bent? And I'm like, well, it's still flying. And and Dave and uh, I think my buddy Frank was there, and they're looking at it, and they're like, oh, my God, laughing and stuff. And so I go to put it into – I think I started doing a pyro flip or something, and – as soon as I gave it collective, the tail just just let loose, and I was like, it spun around like four times. I'm like, oh, I don't know where it's at, and then just hit throttle hold and let it go in the ground. So it was a pure uh, flop. A pure flop. flop, yeah. Yep, pure flop. Mm. Uh, and of course, naturally, it landed in the mud. So frames are all caked with mud. Ah. Uh. Um. Yeah, and it's sitting in the corner. I ordered the parts to fix it which showed up in a box that looks like it was shipped by an NFL team after right. a good long day of practice. Mm. It was all smashed in and everything, but the and there was a canopy in there. I thought for sure I was going to be uh, doing an email letting them know that the canopy got destroyed on the way. So, But opened it up, and the canopy was packaged real nice with some super high-tech bubble wrap that I've never seen before. Like some space wrap or something. I don't know what the heck this stuff is. Digital bubble wrap. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So it was all wrapped up in that stuff and uh, actually made it in one piece. So was was pretty happy. Nice. Yep. Um, let's see. Got to do the maiden on the XL seven hundred. I don't know. Did it? Did I talk about that already? I don't remember if I talked about it maiden it or not. But anyways, uh, when I got some flights on it, it felt slow on the cyclic. Uh, and I, if you remember, Kevin, I the one I shipped you had the balls on the inner hole on the blade grips. Right. So I tried the outer holes, and it felt 
very, very slow on cyclic. Um, I didn't like it at all, so I ended up moving those back to the inner holes and played with some style settings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and playing with some rates and everything and got it flying. Actually put more flights on that than I did on my Nitro helicopter, which surprised me at the end of the day because right. it was flying really nice. Yeah. Um, so I think I kind of got, what do you call it, the, the Scott secret sauce of tuning. <laughs> like I got my own secret sauce going on there. It was, it was nice. feeling pretty good. So I'm kind of yeah. anxious to get out with my Logo 690 and throw that those settings in there and see if it's... Uh, if I like it a little bit more. Very cool. Um, yeah. Yep. Uh, let's see. Changing over my connectors to the RC Pro Plus D6s, which apparently is not the greatest idea because you cannot find them anywhere in the United States. <laughs> and I guess whenever they come in stock, you have to like have notifications hitting your phone and buy them up because they disappear really quickly. Uh, but... Luckily, I did some digging and found a couple sets in Belgium at a place called ERC Market. Um, was like, well, I'll order these that way at least. I don't know how long it's going to take for the ones to come into the U.S. At least if I order these, if they take a couple weeks to get here, at least I know I have a set coming for sure, you know? Right. Um, and then they showed up in three days nice. from Belgium. So it's pretty, uh, pretty shocked. And they're actually cheaper than buying them th- from somewhere in the U.S. Um, but the shipping was obviously a little bit more. So, hmm. uh, so I've been kind of picking away at soldering up uh, ESCs and batteries and stuff, trying to get stuff changed over. No real reason why I'm changing, other than ease of uh, being able to utilize people's stuff if I forget. A charger, or if my charger burns up, or if I need to bum a charger off somebody, or somebody needs to use my stuff, whatever. Is that the same as what everybody at your field uses, more or less? For the, I mean, uh, for the most part, they're, they're kind of all over the place, but like events and stuff is more what I'm concerned about. It's, mm. It seems to be the most popular connector now yeah. for like the bigger stuff. Sure. Um, so I think I c- could probably find a charger pretty easy if I needed to. Yeah. And same thing if somebody was looking to bomb a charge or whatever, they you know, obviously I would be open to Right. Let them throw it on there as long as they're soldered up the same way mine are, obviously. But mm. so Gucci, yours are the screw type, you know, the solderless. Are is yep. that the same as yours? It's just his are soldered and yours are not? Mm, that I don't know. I'll have to take a look at it. Um plus I kinda do my my uh my connectors different you know like how i slot them like you know bullet uh, male versus female oh, okay so i do that just because that's my i guess that's how i identify their mind <laughs> mm. gotcha. um but yeah i do solderless and that's just another rc pro plus uh product i guess connector that they have you know um but i, I I'll, I'll agree with mike you know that this that stuff doesn't stay like available to for nothing the yeah. only way, the only, the only re, the only way I got mine changed over, I literally waited until somebody was selling some that they don't, need, they didn't even, uh, use anymore. Hmm. So you know, they, I, I bought some stuff like you know, but they're, I gotta say, you know, like um, they're really good quality. I love how the housing actually pinches the silicone, you know, um, sleeve on the wire. So. That RC Pro Plus, in my opinion, I think they're not that it's the only one that you could use, or they're 
others are good too. It's just I, I think it's a well-rounded connector. Yep. Nice. Nice. Um. So this next one here, uh, I don't. This is going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be real hard. Don't throw up. Just, just baby steps. So uh, ease into it, Kevin. Yes, sir. Gucci Scott. Um. Oh, I got one. Uh, I'm what? sorry. Come again. Huh? Uh, I'm, I'm, what? I may have. Uh, well, I got one. What? Uh, wait. One more time. Uh, slow down. I may may or may not have. Well, I got one. <laughs> we. Oh, the hell he hits a goblin. I quit. <laughs> hell has just frozen over. Yeah. And, and yep. not just any goblin, huh? What yep. you got? Yep. Me, okay. First of all, I, I you know this is going to be a shock to everybody. So you're going to have to give us the the right, reasons. Yep. You got to give us the whole. All right. Well, let me clarify here. Okay. His wife wears the pants. I bought what was once what was once a goblin. That's funny. Um, it at one point resembled a goblin. Yeah, what was at one point uh, resembled somewhat of a goblin, um, and uh, yeah, there it is. No, you're not done. No, we no. gotta get more. All right, no. all right. So for real. Uh, so if you guys know uh, Kevin had a black nitro at one time and made it disappear. <laughs> Houdini that shit. Yep, Houdini it. Uh. So, I kind of, it started off as, you know, hey man, uh, let me pick this thing up, it'll kind of be like a funny gag, I'll fix it up, bring it out to the field, we'll have a good laugh, you know, it's all smashed, I'll be able to get it for a good deal. Have some fun with it, you know, and then uh, move on. And plus, the main reason was I've never flown the Goblin Nitro. I've flown pretty much every Goblin there was and never flown the Goblin Nitro before. So I'm, I'm curious to start with. Um, and that the opportunity was there for the one Kevin smashed. Uh, started putting it together and realized that I had more into it than to make it a gag. So uh, the original plan was to paint it all goofy and... Uh, <laughs> kind of have some fun with it, maybe bedazzle the canopy and stuff, and then once right on. I uh, started getting up towards a new kit price, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to bedazzle a, a full-price helicopter, so. Yeah. It's put together as a Drake Black Nitro. Yes. It's got the Drake scheme. I even went all out and custom-ordered the Drake canopy for it. Oh, sweet. Nice. It should be showing up here in a couple weeks. Um... Yeah, got it all back together. Did some, did a couple maiden flights on it the other day. Snuck out after work when nobody was at the field, uh, because none of the guys at the field know about this yet. <laughs> so this weekend, I'm gonna kind of think of something funny and uh, bust it out for everybody. And obviously, they won't hear this because this doesn't release till Monday. So we're good to talk about it now. Um, Kevin, pull an all-nighter. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Jokes on you. I'm editing this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of my plan, Scott. Oh, it's God. weird. He edited me out the entire show. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Scott? But he couldn't make it this episode. Yeah. Oh, God. So, Mike, um, it sounds like you you put some heart into this build. Yeah, just the way you're bit. talking. About, I mean, I mean, well, just you like, man, you know. Let me finish. Uh, okay, go ahead. So I went out 
and did a couple test flights, and I am being 100% honest here. This is 100% honest review. Now, I only have two flights on it, so this is not a very good review. Um, but right off the bat, I kind of uh, like the T-Rex 700N XN a little bit better. Impossible. I swear. Um, I don't know if it's... The thing that gets me is the stops. And I think it's from the little bit of extra weight that the Black Nitro has, and it could probably be solved by tuning. And I haven't tuned it yet. Obviously, I only have two flights on it. What blades you running? You running? Uh, Rotortech mm. six ninety or seven hundred. It's the ultimate ones, the orange Which ones. Collective. Uh, twelve degrees, I think. That's not enough. Yeah, put some switch blades on it. Yeah, I know. I thought about swapping some switch blades on there because I have a set here. Because even with and the seven thirteens, it was peppy. Usually I run the uh, the switchblades on my Nitro stuff for the stops. So uh, I tried the orange blades because I was going Gucci style to impress Gucci. You know, trying to get some uh, some Gucci points there. Listen. Getting gotta, everything matching. You got to be Gucci, especially with such a big move for yourself. You know, yeah. I Well, mean, I got to make it look nice. And so when I'm done with it, you'll buy it off me. Yeah. Run like at least 13 degrees. Yeah. And you'll like it a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. I ran 15 on mine. It was excessive, and you could bog it. But if you just use it right, dude, it stopped on a dime. Like, almost abusive. Right. Yeah, that was, like, with the two flights I had, that was probably the biggest gripe that I had was the stops. It just didn't feel like it stopped like my other stuff would. Um, so, Mike, so, I don't know. We'll see. So, Mike. What? Tell us. Um, how did it sound? How did it sound? Uh-huh. Sounded fantastic because there's an OS 105 in it. Damn it! I thought you had the other one in there. <laughs> no, <laughs> not yet. I gotta Damn. get a pipe. Oh, that's right. Well, Gucci's I got told, a pipe. I told so this, well, you. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. This has been. This was originally supposed to be like the the helicopter of all things that I despise. Right. Right. So it's the Goblin Nitro. Um, I was gonna put a YS in there. And I'm running BK servos, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, so it was uh, supposed to be all that, but it turned out to be OS 105. Still has BK servos in it. Hmm. Um, and uh, uh, did not bedazzle the canopy and all the stuff like I was supposed to. So it's turned into like a real helicopter. You should which is kind of the motor. <laughs> right? Or did Dan Marnine did? Wasn't that a... Wasn't that a cool thing to do, paint him pink? Yeah, Dan mm-hmm. Marine mm-hmm. and the man. Yeah, that's right. So, what'd you what'd you think about like I don't know, I don't know how to say this, but like the the whole cyclic and tracking being locked in was that on par with all the other ones? Really? Uh, cyclic wise, it felt pretty good. Okay. Uh, it it wasn't like it wasn't like it stood out to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't it it wasn't bad enough that I was like, eh, I don't like that, but it wasn't good enough that I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely different and, and better than what the other stuff that I've flown. <laughs> but it definitely has a different feel to it. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm really curious to see how all the tuning and stuff goes this weekend. Get to play with it a little bit. Uh, I have Todd Dudek there, who's the Goblin Man. So once he gets done laughing at me and they get over <laughs> all their jokes and everything, then maybe they'll <laughs> offer some expertise. So, I'm sorry, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Something different. Never flew one before. Never tried one, so why not, right? 
Yeah, you know, sell out. It's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're gonna you're gonna sell everything else you have, and you're gonna buy a few. Yeah, that'll never maybe, happen. Maybe a crack in nitro. Hmm? Yeah, that'll never happen. No. Nope. I didn't think you ever buy a black nitro, but <laughs> here it is. And, and, See, what's and, funny is I've I've always planned on buying one eventually somewhere down the line because I've never flown one. And I was curious, because Dan Renane really likes his. Everybody that flies it says they really like it. It is good. Yeah, so, I, like I was very curious. They're realize. not the most nimble, but they are strong as a tank, unless your name's from Grady. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they just can't kill them. Yes, and by the way, I think the only part that I did not replace on there was one of the blade grips and... <laughs> what? what? I, I think... Uh, I think the the belts, maybe the tail belt. <laughs> so what you tell me? Everything it's a brand new kit. Yeah, it's basically a brand new helicopter. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. So Kevin, you weren't too a far plus, off. A plus. A plus. <laughs> yep. A plus. Or is it A plus 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 plus? A plus 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 plus. Because that was definitely one of the worst ones I've ever seen. I, you know, I aim to uh, please. You, you you placed. It was pretty good. Yeah. It'll make. I got a lot of parts off there to make the next uh, the yeah. good the crash trophy for our fun fly this year it could have very been the reason as to why corona got here to the states because i was plowing holes baby right believe it yeah gave it the express route so what you're (laughs) telling us that you're going to make the crash trophy for the fun fly up here in ohio out of those parts and kevin needs to be present so he could actually have a chance to win it Mm. Mm. when the, the goblin yeah, you say you're going to use it for the crash parts. You're going to use it for the crash trophy. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. I might just make him one and send it to him. <laughs> might as well. I mean, we haven't yep. even talked about my week yet, so I don't aim to disappoint. <laughs> nice. Well, before we move on here, uh, Bob, I've been kind of teasing Bob for the last couple of days, sending him pictures like really close up of the pipe and like telling him, oh, I'm trying something new and trying to get him to guess what it was. So mm-hmm. I want to hear, Bob, what, what, what was going through your head? Did you think it was a goblin? or did, I, I know you guessed it at one point, but... Yeah, I had, I kind of had a feeling it was a goblin because it would have been the last thing I would have thought of. And knowing you long enough, I figured that would have been the first thing you would have went for. Nice. <laughs> Just kind of fits your style. Yeah. Nice. Well, Bob, have your PayPal ready because he sold the last one to you, so this one might be coming too. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hell, I, the last one he basically, you know gave to me all but i got one hell of a deal i just gotta get out there at the right time yeah that's right only cost me a couple bucks and a crash plane and it was mine that's it never know that's right i'll take it (laughs) well it's worthless with the 105 in it so i think i'm married to this one for a little while i got a lot of money wrapped up in this one which sucks it's like it came full circle so you're saying by june that you'll be ready to get rid of it yeah once i get a couple scratches on the tail boom all right there we go Maybe we'll uh, we'll just have you get me some uh, some steak and shake, and we'll call it even. That sounds good. That could work. <laughs> Is that going to include the milkshake or just the burgers? I don't know if the goblins are worth a milkshake. <laughs> you know what's funny about the whole thing, and and I hope I hope you're okay with me sort of airing out this, but. What's really funny about the whole thing is I pretty much, I mean, he did give me money, but I pretty much gave it to oh, him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I pretty much gave it to Mike. Yes. And the damage still was like, it <laughs> <laughs> cost him a new one. <laughs> yeah, you you base, yeah, you definitely gave it to me because it, well, what's funny is like once I started digging in it, 
you're like, yeah, dude, our original plan is is too much. So I'm going <laughs> to cut that in half, and here's what you owe me. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, because uh, it just kept getting bigger and bigger. But, yeah, it's I mean, all good. The best part about it is that, you know, Kevin didn't really get the money. It was I was the one that got the money. Right. Right? I mean, it was, he was robbing Pete to pay Paul at this point. Yeah, it was a back deal that me and Goofy had going on with the with the. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. Because you got the accent out of it, right, Mike? Yep. Oh, whatever. Full disclosure. So, here, because <laughs> it's pretty, quite funny, is I owed Gucci 200 bucks. And so, when Mike sent me the Spectre, um, I was like, well, send me that. I'll send you the Black Nitro and the Horex, and you just pay Gucci off. And he was like, yeah, okay. And then I got, <laughs> and of course, mind you, it was a brand new Drake Boom that I had never used, new in box, okay? And and so I sent it off, and I was like, oh, I just don't feel right about this. So I was like, <laughs> you know what? I messaged them both. I said, Gucci, I'm going to pay you 100 bucks. Mike, you just pay you know, Gucci, the hundred that I owe him. He was like, okay. And I thought, okay, I can sleep at night now. And <laughs> then he started doing the math. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> repair parts. This is not including paying Gucci off. I'm over 500 bucks in repair parts. Oh my God. So yeah. Kevin, Kevin, you know, Todd Dudek is like, why does everybody think that these helicopters crash bad? Blah, blah. You know, like he was really like, he couldn't believe it. And I'm like, Todd, I'm going to tell you this. You know, I, I told him, I said, Kevin has a way that, you know, he's got a way, man. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that they, they do or don't crash good. All I'm telling you, if there's somebody that could put a helicopter into rekit mode, fastest, <laughs> mode. Yeah. yeah, literally. Like, so, there, there's no rescue mode for for Kevin. It's literally rekit mode. It's, it's actually nothing. 3D or rekit. It's yeah. just the way it's going to be. Yeah, the craziest says, part is, though, is when I left the hobby, I, I would crash like maybe once, the soonest it would be once every six months. Like, honest to God. And I mean, those times that I would have like, you know, over 50, 60 flights on a machine, even up to a hundred and I would never crash it. And, and, or it would get sold before it would crash. Since I came back into the hobby, it seems like everything takes its toll at least once, like in the earliest time, like the Drake, <laughs> I think I owned it for, you know, maybe five months and I finally planted it on the tail. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just ever since I've been back, I've become a professional at plowing them in. Yeah. So I've, I've, for a while there, I was good for at least one a weekend. Yeah. So I feel your pain. <laughs> I feel it. I mean, the, the Kraken that you had, I mean, Dude. that was first flight. Yeah. Well, yeah, I crashed that thing like four times. And it only had like seven flights on it. Well, the Black Nitro was the second flight, wasn't it? Fourth flight. Fourth flight. Okay, <laughs> close enough. It was, right. it, it, Kevin was getting worried. He's like, "Listen, I don't want to get to seven flights. I really need to dig it in now." Five. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, "I really don't want to replace these bearings. I'm just going to buy a new kit." Uh, yeah. So, uh, just just a quick image for you guys. Um, you know that little servo tray. That holds the servos on the goblin. Yeah, the the top plate so that has the some, arms on. 
somehow uh he was he managed to basically leave like the servo part was eh, like close to straight <laughs> but took that whole center part that the main shaft goes through and bent it probably 45 degrees oh my god yeah <laughs> the, the, um, in on the head full bore it didn't even go in on the head no nope. yeah we thought the head was good i'm amazed like the the main shaft wasn't uh, well, it was bent a little bit. The head block was was bent. I had to buy a new head block. Oh man! You said a uh, grip was bad too. Did he bend? Yeah, one grip? of the grips. One of the grips was was uh, bent up a little bit. It was tweaked a little bit. Did it go into asphalt? No. No. Both the grip arms were toast. Were they uh, really both grip? Well, they weren't toast. They were they were tweaked. Just everything oh. everything on the head part was tweaked just a little bit. That blows my mind. I didn't think those were, but I didn't. I'm impressed. Those, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it went in sideways. It didn't actually go in head first or nose first or tail first. It kind of laid in sideways. Even and, that, though, it went in at nitro speed, not like overpowered electric speed. Right. They don't move as fast. How do you do yeah. that? <laughs> the, the main plate, like that main frame plate, the yeah. big flat piece, flat piece was bent in like three or four different oh, spots. Dude. It was, <laughs> it was like an accordion. Oh, yeah. 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 It yeah was both, a both frames broken? Yep, both frames were broke. Both frames broke, yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, main gear was toast. Yeah, that was the shocker, too, right? It was like, <laughs> holy fuck, what the hell? Too awful hold. I'm telling you. Yep. Wow. I'm you did friend. well. You did You're well. You're never allowed to fight my stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't Scott, say I blame you, to be honest. <laughs> Scott is sitting there like, You can oh fly my, my side, Kevin. Thank I'm you. Like, Holy cow. Nope, not doing it. Don't care. I'm, I'm just going to tie a string to the hold switch for you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, even when he flew my XL, the, the sphincter, like first flight he was shutting down the ESC. Yeah, shut the freaking I was like, nope, I'm done. It. <laughs> now, given it was a small motor, yeah, you know the holes, you know information on it, but still, like he's he's got the touch, man. And I'm Lucky not talking me. about the radio. Yeah. Lucky yeah. me. Well, more of the story is I sold out, at least mm. for now. Everybody's selling uh, out, huh? Yeah. Well, the curiosity got me, so we'll see how it goes. So far, uh, my opinion is I can do without it. But we'll see how that goes after I get some real tuning time on it and see how it goes. Right on. I'm excited hey, for you. It's a good model. Yeah. I liked it. What head speed are you running to? Uh, I have... The uh, first one's like 1750 and 1950. I think I have it set up. Mm. Yeah, crank it over 2K, man. Yeah? Let her yeah, turn her at 2000. 2000 and like 13, 14 degrees of pitch, you'll love it. Okay. I'll try it. Alive. And I also want to fly it, Mike. Put the 27 tooth in there. No. <laughs> You're going to fly it? You know there's an OS in there, right? I'll fly it. Okay. I mean, at least I don't have well, to worry Well, you better about be ready to go, because it actually starts up and, and ready to roll. <laughs> oh, my so, God. No, no fucking around. This clown. So he goes out there, right? He says, hey, uh... So let's see how long this baby takes to start. And I told him, I'm like, well, I'll check back with you in 20 minutes. And I went into the clubhouse thing and was messing around. I come out and he actually had it started. And uh, didn't it shut off on you or something? 
or you blew the plug out or whatever. Or no, that was that was a different flight. No. Anyways, anyways but I, I go over and I start mine. I just bump the starter and it starts right up. And I was like, damn, look, I can even make it all the way to the flight line without it shutting down on me either. So I was having a, I was having a good old time at Dan's. Dan yeah, you are. I still think the YS has more power. Say whatever you want to say. Let's agree yeah. to disagree. Yeah, it do, it looks like it flies like it pulls pretty good. I've flown it before. It pulls pretty good. I'll, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. But it doesn't pull when it's not running. <laughs> Especially when, <laughs> when, when when you when you blow up the whole motor. Right, or with a hole in the piston. Oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we I think we all agree that you know from a reliability, ease of tune, and everything else, always you know they've been solid from day one. So um, just gotta be careful, man. Don't yeah. don't get greedy on them needles. It's true. Oh, cool. Love it. Yep, that's all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, Bob, what you got going on, man? Well, uh, as far as flying-wise, I haven't been able to get out much lately and fly. So I've actually been working on the sim a little bit more, trying stuff, and just kind of doing that way, uh, as, as far as flying goes anyway. And almost kind of along the same line as you guys, been kind of reevaluating my fleet a little bit, trying to figure out what I need to do, maybe thin out a few of them. You know, they're just kind of sitting, not being flown anyway, so, you know, might as well try to get rid of a few. Um, other than that, I know Mike's going to have fun with this one, but, uh, you know, I, I decided to dive into the world of 3d printing this past week. Mm. Um, yeah, I know, <laughs> uh, the wrong yeah, podcast that's, that's for that, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do something to keep me, you know, keep me going. Yeah, I don't well, have you, enough people I mean, around could, here to, to actually be flying, you know, it's cheaper had, just to watch tennis on TV. Yeah, I'm not in it for you know the watching it. Although it is a little bit mesmerizing at times, I'm sure it'll get old. Yeah, you know, you you sat there and watched it. I did the same thing when I had mine. Oh, I did absolutely. Like the first 20 minutes, I'm like, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing standing here watching this thing? It's doing the same thing over and over and over. The test print was mesmerizing. I was just kind of looking at it, and it was like, you know, but I'm I'm sure check back in a couple weeks, I'll be like, yeah, I've printed everything I wanted to now. uh, You know, posted up on 3D printers for sale or something. But, uh, no, so I've just been kind of going through cleaning up stuff, doing maintenance on stuff. Got a lot of everything pretty much 100% ready to fly since I haven't really been doing any flying. That way now i got plenty of stuff to crash once I go out and decide to start trying stuff in real life that I've been trying on the simulator. That's kind of where I've been at. Unfortunately, uneventful because I've been working a lot and keeping busy through all this stuff. Right on. Well, at least you've been working, nice. so that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy about that. I think I, if, you know, being sitting at home doing nothing would actually drive me completely mad. Mm. I'd probably have three 3D printers by now. Oh, Jesus, don't <laughs> even. <laughs> I'd, so I'd you, post it up, you know, a 3D printed 700 heli and then going out and trying to fly it, watch it fly apart to pieces. Oh, don't do that. That'd be all bad. <laughs> I know it would, but it'd be fun to try. I just make so sure you, you'd be like flying from behind a building and no one around. Or... Do you want to tell them what I did to you in Messenger? What you did to me in Messenger? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. So this was hilarious. Uh, 
we were texting, uh, messaging back and forth, and and uh, I told Mike I got 3D printer, and he starts, you know, giving me a hard time about it, and I guess then decides to try to set me up and tell everybody else, you know, for the show here that you know they're going to have some fun and they're going to make all kinds of fun of me, and he screenshots my fa- Facebook post. And says we're something like uh, we're so going to be busting his chops or something along those lines, but he sends it to me. <laughs> so I'm looking at this and I realize this was meant for someone else. And then I just kind of said, "You just sent this to me." And uh, the the response I got back was like, "Oh damn, surprise!" <laughs> and I was, uh, I kind of figured it was going to be coming anyway because you know I know better. I've been around the crew long enough now. The you know, you know, do something like this. I'm going to get my balls busted about it. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. That was like, it was, it, it was, was like really 15 funny. minutes went by until you responded to like, I put it in there and I completely thought I put it in the, in our little group chat for the show. And then all of a sudden I get a message back. Hey, this is, uh, you sent this to me and I'm like, Oh, uh, yeah, it was funny. It gave me it gave me a good laugh because yeah. you know, I'm good for doing that stuff too, and I didn't have to keep going. Oh, wrong person, sorry. Right. You know. Yeah. But yeah, it was sorry. pretty good. Sorry, I screenshotted your Facebook page and sent it to you and told you we we're gonna make fun of you the whole day. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> it's no big deal. Oh wait, no, I'm not. That's what friends right. are for. Exactly. I mean, before you did that, I already knew it was gonna be coming anyway. So that was actually no surprise. It's funny. Oh, yeah, good times. So yeah, unfortunately, that's kind of where I'm at with everything. I've actually right. been working, you know, working on some RC cars again. Some friends dropped their cars off with me. Um, doing a lot of work for other people and stuff, keeping busy that way. Um, yeah, having fun with that. Kind of going a little bit more old school and still staying in the RC world, but kind of messing with some cars and stuff. That's kind of where. My passion for RC sort of started a little bit, but cool. At least keep messing with something, keep me busy. Nice, very cool. All right, well, I guess that leaves me, doesn't it? Um, dun, 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 you're up, okay, dog. <laughs> um, so the previous weekend, I did nothing. Um, didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, but then this past weekend, I did make it out with Ben and Doc. And, um, we did have a really good time. Again, it was just us, uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, had the field to ourselves, but, um, I did put two flights on the, uh, the Spectre and, um, actually I lie. Uh, there was a guy named Scott Miller that came out. Um, he used to be in the hobby years ago, uh, with helicopters and he bought quite a few things and a lot of what he has is new in package and has not opened a thing. And some of it's built, some of it's not, you know, whatever. But he really got involved in RC boats and and things like that when he moved here. And I think he's, having met Ben and Doc, he's trying to get back into the helicopter hobby. So pretty cool. I've added added somebody new. Um, But uh, I did fly the Spectre, uh, the Sphincter, Dirty Sphincter. And it's just a friggin' beast. Um... So you were talking about the the balls on the uh, inner uh, inner hole, I guess, of the the blade grip arm there. Mm-hmm. And um, I honestly, I think I'm going to go back to the inner hole because uh, I had put them out 
and uh and it's weird because the only way i can really translate is that um you would think it would make it faster and i suppose it would uh however what i noticed is that it felt more direct and it felt more predictable does that make sense on the inner holes or the outer holes? The inner. Okay. It felt more direct to me. It felt as yeah. if there was not a little bit of a lag there. And and I have it tuned pretty quick. I mean, it's not like it's slow. And But, but there's something about it being in that inner hole and then running my rate down at 114 as opposed to 120. And it felt to me better there I think I want to try it again just to kind of see but I do remember saying to myself like oh uh, this doesn't quite feel as good as it did on the inner hole so um, I may change mine back around uh, yeah. and, and mess with that like I've, I've done some experimenting and, and Dave is uh, he's done the same thing and because yeah. uh, he agrees with me like with we've took some measurements and all the helicopters that I like the feel of um, pretty much right off the bat have all close to the same distance from the main shaft to where the ball links are. Which is you know, what? It seems you like, know? which is, I don't remember exactly what the measurement is. I could probably get it for you. Okay. But it's always been, like, in the ballpark of a couple millimeters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the when I measured the Spectre, it was the inner holes were in that, that ballpark. So, um, that's why I ended up like moving it back and I'm like, okay, so right away before I even changed any tuning stuff, just moving the balls back. I was like, oh yeah, this feels a lot better. I don't know what it is, but something with the geometry of it being close. And, uh, Dave says the same thing. He flies, he likes the Diablos. Right. And they have a similar setup to where the, the grip, the balls on the grip are closer to the, to the head as well. Right. So, I don't know. There might be some behind it. And I think, wasn't, didn't SAB come out with cracking grips that were closer? Yeah. Something yeah. like that, that people were preferring over the other ones, too. So, maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. Yeah. 20, 26 millimeter. I think yeah. that's the ballpark is, I think, 24 to 26, something like that. Yeah, it sounds that sounds close to where and we're it, at. And yeah. it, it's definitely a different feel. It's like, it's almost like you... you like that, that that direct response, I think you could still kind of use your agilities and style and everything else to make it feel the same, but it's just never quite the way it is when you get that bowling closer to the main shaft. Yeah, Right, that that off-center feel is a lot different. Even my nitro, even the nitro, like I, you know, obviously there's a different power band between the electric crack and the nitro crack, and right? But, you know, like cyclic feel is very much the same, and both of them have the 26 millimeter. And I flew with 30 millimeter too, and it wasn't bad. It's just, it's more of a direct feel. I do agree. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's something about it. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of new to messing around with that kind of stuff. So I, you know, I'll give it a fair shake. Um, uh, so I really like the Spectre. Um, but currently, uh, and I don't want to say like, eh, but I'm not married to it. So, uh, it, it wasn't like the Drake out of the box. Sorry. It, you know, the, the Drake is probably always going to be like, a a benchmark for me. Um, don't get me wrong. It's an animal. I actually put it from 
2060. And I kept saying like, gosh, I just want a little bit more. And so now it's running at like a little over 2200. <laughs> Holy cow. And uh, it's freaking gnarly. Um, it's gnarly at 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you were laughing at me when I told you that I was doing 2300 when I had it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's pretty mean. Um, it, it it's it's one of those helicopters. It, it's guiltless fun, right? And it's one of those that I I don't have any hard feelings about just beating the piss out of it every time I fly it. Um, that was not my intent. My intent was to get something that I could run a little bit lower head speed <laughs> and practice with it. And if it went in, it went in. You know. Um, but it's been a lot of fun just beating the crap out of it too. So, um, but anyway, uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm getting alluding to something here, but, um, let me continue on. We'll get there. Mm. So the 550, uh, it flies really good. Uh, with those 560 Azure, Azure, whatever you want to say, blades, uh, it's very quiet, quiet. It's very stealthy. And, um, and I have that one currently running at 2,500 and, uh, that was way faster than I'm, I was, you know, normally running it, but it flies good and I can't complain. Like it actually really does really well. Um, but here's where the difference comes in is it's definitely, and yes, I could probably work out the tuning issues and things to make it feel maybe ish more 700 so that way going between the two isn't that big a deal but i uh piggybacking off of scott it's like i i get it it doesn't even matter that he has two black thunders and a logo even though logo flies different than the black thunders it's still a 700 it has that 700 feel you know and so i'm i'm (laughs) ben's gonna be like what the hell uh I've been toying with the idea of letting the 550 go, but I can't do that until I fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you should make sure that you got the thing that made me do this is when I got two chargers Mm -hmm. so I could charge two 12 S packs at the same time. Then I could fly them as fast as I was flying the five fifties with a single pack. So it didn't make sense to keep them anymore. Right. I, I get that. Um, and I'm not above like having enough packs, but for me, now digging down into my list of things here uh but first before we do that the the, i did crash the 550 uh i had three packs with me that day and on the third pack i was just being outright stupid with it and and again it's 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 guiltless pleasure man like i just fly it like i don't care and i'm i'm beginning to wonder if i should (laughs) And, of course. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the shout out, the bean shout out, by the way. Yeah, yep. you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> that was the second flight, believe it or not. That was not the third, but okay. the third, um, I was just doing dumb pirouetting stuff with it. And you could probably even say that I was not flying with my within my own limitations or skill set, um, but I was having fun and it was just a good time. And it was the same reason that the Drake went in is that I got twisted up or maybe I, in my brain, I started thinking about something for a split second and it got me 
And I literally was like, oh, shoot, where am I at? And then poof, and it went. And um, so this will be the first time that I've actually broken a frame. After seven oh, well. crashes with this guy, I finally broke a frame. Um, but even having broken a frame, I mean, really and truly, just going briefly over it, I'm still not over $180 in parts. I mean, it's, wow. it's insane, you know? Um, but I, I kind of feel... And I'm really on the fence with this. I, I I'm not gonna. I'm not saying I'm committing, but I'm on the fence with selling it um, because I kind of want to really get back to my original plan, which was the the two Drakes. You know, of having two seven hundreds to go back and forth between, and oh, also with going seven hundreds. Um, well, I didn't say what, but I mean, I'm just saying two seven hundreds. But I'm gonna say we're we're gonna people are gonna think we're we sold out to BK. <laughs> Sponsored so, by SAB now. Yeah. No, you know. I fly logo too. Hush, yeah. hush. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even done yet. Hang on. So, uh, yeah, but it, I, I don't know if it's going to be a Spectre or if it'll be something else. Um, I have toyed around with different ideas of what 700 I would go with to run in tandem with the Spectre. Um, it could be another Drake. I don't know. It could be a Kraken. I don't know. Um, it could be another Spectre. I don't really know. Just kind of... Kraken. Kraken. <laughs> we released the Kraken. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the only reason that I've, I've come across that idea for a fleeting moment was that when I had mine, I wasn't tuning it with the knowledge that I have now. And I'm wondering if with that knowledge, if it would feel better to me. And maybe even going with the the twenty six mil arms, like maybe that would have made the difference. So I have thought about doing another Kraken. Um, obviously, I would have to fly it with a bit more respect <laughs> than I do with the five fifty. Obviously, um, but it's just a thought. I I don't know what I'm gonna do. Well, I'll just keep the five fifty. I don't know, but right now I was toying with the idea of selling it. Go ahead. Keep keep in the back of your head. That feeling you have when you just don't care, when you can fly it and you just uh, you just don't care. Yeah, right. I mean that's what my five fifty is for. So, so I would say I wouldn't get rid of it. I mean, if you want to get another seven hundred, but I wouldn't get rid of the five fifty to get a seven hundred. Yeah, just because that's how I fly the Black Thunders. (laughs) Yeah, you got to have something, no matter what it is, that you just don't care about, and you just go out and have fun. And whatever happens, happens. You know what I mean? And that leads me to this, is maybe it would be wise to have that laying around. Because I am in the market and working towards uh, buying two models that I definitely do not want to crash. Now, one two logo, two hundred. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, God. Oh. So... One I'm not going to talk about this episode, maybe next one, but there should be one that we've all put together from just blips on the internet, um, things that I've been posting on, whatever. Um, but I am going to try and do the 570 Nitro, the the Jim uh, Saunders conversion. Jim Haas boss. Yeah, the old boss. <laughs> yeah, boss Haas. That was boss it. Haas. <laughs> so um, I got two tanks in the other day. I figured one was not enough. 
Um, I got, um, crap, what else did I get in? There was a couple other things I bought that it needed. Oh, the fr- well, the frames. I have the frames on order. They actually are in route now. Um, oh. And it was something else I got. Crap, I can't remember now what it was. Uh, Align mounts. Align mounts. Thank you, Gucci. Yeah, You're so welcome. The, That's why I'm here. Yeah. You know, I'll be here all week long. <laughs> did you get the, um, the little screw adapter things, the helicoils? No, not yet, because I don't okay. have those parts yet anyways. Oh, uh, okay. The the black nitro parts, I don't have those yet. So You missed the boat. I had all of those in a box. I gave them to Kyle Wells to build his. Nice. Yeah. Well, I missed the boat trying to get the 570 from you, too, so there's that. <laughs> don't worry, I missed the boat on the hobby wing, too. Yeah, I had, I had a five and a half minute window. So A lot yeah. of freaking boats moving around here. <laughs> <laughs> so... But yeah, and, and, and when that gets together, it gets together. I'm actually more excited to see Kyle Wells get his done because I know he's going to be in a hurry to get his done. And I'm excited to see some videos. So um, yeah, but when it gets done, it gets done. Um, the other one that I'm going to leave nameless at the moment, uh, but I will allude, is that um, I, I've been feeling nostalgic. And, and it kind of started when... I eyeballed that Avant Aurora at Scott's house one day. And, um, and while once again, I missed the boat on that one, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of want to try a fly bar again. And so there is something I have my eye on and I'm actually going to work that deal out this weekend. And funny enough, it's going to come with Curtis Youngblood, uh, Youngblood Radix blades, fly bar blades. <laughs> The original, oh, boy. The, the original. <laughs> so brand new, brand you know, new. I, ne- I never got to try the the original kind of those. I only ever bought the stick banger ones. Yeah, I really wish I got to fly the OG white ones. Yeah, these are the. Pretty sure they're the OG white. I have to look again. Depends if the tip silver or white. I yeah. don't think they were silver because that's what I was looking for too. I was like, well, those aren't the stick banger. Nice. Um. So at any rate, I just thought it'd be fun. I I you know. But I don't want to say anything just yet. Uh, I want to wait till next episode. Um, oh, but boy. yeah, so uh, Dan Renane, I'm going to be hitting you up. I hope it's okay that I'm going to be blowing you up soon. Um, but uh, so I thought that would be really... Huh? <laughs> Does he go to heli? No, 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 no. The fly bar portion, the tuning and all that. Because I know you got to oh. do special things with the Neo. Yeah, you turn off the gyros and rock, rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, you can see the headlines zero. now. Rekit buys irreplaceable helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, it won't touch the gains at all. Like, I had a a Raptor 50 running with a a Neo on it, and I turned the head gains down to zero. Tail gain was still on. Everything worked awesome. But I had a slow drift because I didn't quite level this wash like you're supposed to do. And I was like, I wonder if the Neo could compensate for that. I'll just, like, turn on one or two points again and see if it's self level it chops the helicopter in half nice <laughs> nice so here's what's funny about that is with neo i don't use swash levelers uh but ben god bless ben he <laughs> he messages me he's like hey dude here at heli direct there's a swash leveler for that heli you want to buy. He goes, and it's zero dollars. And I was like, get the, f- are you serious? So I ended up buying the swash leveler for zero dollars, and it was like four dollars shipping. <laughs> zero dollars. <laughs> I love that. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, it actually came in today. Um, but uh, 
yeah. So um, that's where my, my fleet's kind of up in the air. I'm kind of with everybody else. I'm kind of trying to figure out which direction I want to go. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I definitely have a, you know, kindred spirit for, for the goblin stuff just simply because of the fact that they fly good out of the box. They're reliable. Screws aren't coming loose. It doesn't have some wacky wobble on spool up. I won't name names. <laughs> mine um, does. <laughs> does yours? Oh, yeah. Oh, not on mine. The hard enough dampeners in it. It shakes like crazy below a certain RPM. Well, but at any rate, uh, so I'm just kind of test taste testing things right now. And um, can you give uh, us hints about this new one? The, the retro heli? No. Offline, like, I will. You mean like a small hint? I'm trying to guess it. Mm-mm. I don't want you to. Is the company still in business? Oh, well... Mm, Hell no. Well, not with building this heli, but they are kind of still in business. Hmm. Is it a Raptor 90? <laughs> Mike sold me his Raptor 90. What? No. <laughs> no. No secrets, man. I, I, we, you'll just have if, to. Find if you out want a Raptor out. ninety, there's one on my floor you can have for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, nostalgic do you give feel? a re-kit helicopters? He can't buy parts for. <laughs> <laughs> it it's, it totally does not make sense for me, right? But I'm gonna do it anyway. I don't care. It'll be fine. Yolo. You don't Yolo. have to pick Yolo. it up. Just put it in and walk away. Well, yep. so yep. there is another heli that I'm supposed to be coming into possession of. Um, but I'm still working you out like that the, deal. And, the heli uh, black market over there, or what? I guess. Um, so, yeah. But it'll it'll make Mike real happy. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll it's still in it's still in the works. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that one later too. So, but getting back. So at the field, uh, I did good. fly Ben's N7. I finally was like just. Give it here. Let me let me let me try this. And he had mentioned to me that you know he had been tuning a lot on the flyberless unit and stuff. And uh, and I I you know started questioning where he was at with it and whatever. And and so we did some more tuning on his uh, uh, 105. And I noticed it was pulling really good. I was like, mm, I think we I, it's time for me to try this. So it's not like blubbery rich. And it flies freaking good. I I was quite. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I mean, I I was doing TikToks like it was an electric, <laughs> and um, I was I was really impressed. It's flying really really good, so I'm happy for Ben. It's a good model. He he loves the heck out of it, and uh, and he loves the Drake I sold him. So he's 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 having a ball. Um, Doc was having a little bit of troubles with the um, his three blade. I think it was the. Um, uh, I think the Beastex uh, was doing something funny or, or, or died. I'm, I'm not sure. Something happened to the unit, and uh, I'm just glad that nothing happened in the air, of course, because obviously that would have been catastrophic, being that it's the KSC 700. And um, I didn't even know Beastex can do 3-blade. I, I, I don't know anything about either, to be honest. So, hmm. But... Um, but yeah, uh, same scenario. He was having problems with Beastex on his T Rex eight hundred uh, with with tail issues and things. So um, 
we we keep busting on. We're like, ah, you know, you know the fix. It's called Neo. Just you know, get on board. And um, but uh, he might very well try one. Who knows? But but yeah, but he he was out there. He was doing really good too. He can fly really well, so it's always fun to watch him. But um, but yeah, that was about it for me, man. Um, I, I seem to be building a stock of helis, but you know, I mean, they come and go pretty quick for me, so. <laughs> I'll be selling the remainders to Mike soon. <laughs> yeah. I'm the Kevin Graveyard over that's, here. That's right. You and you and Gucci. So yeah, Gucci's yeah. like, I feel like I need another Kraken. Well, we'll let Kevin buy one first, and then yeah. <laughs> swoop in and get the good deal on it. There you go. Yeah. Listen, that 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 thing was clutch, man. It was perfect, you know, for the nitro conversion. Yeah, that was a good deal. It, it really was, you know. Yeah, I'd love to fly it sometime. You should just uh, try your settings on somebody else's Kraken before you buy it. There you go. Yeah. I like mean, that's, you know, once again, you know, when we talked about this, if that's what you want to do, I don't care. You know, mm. it is what it is, especially like if you want to try it just to see if you get it feeling more like you want it. Yeah. Well, if Gucci was a real friend, he'd break his down and ship it to you. Uh, how about that? Mm. <laughs> Listen to that. <laughs> Uh well, I a will say this. The contract has been re-signed. But we should make it known that it's technically the McGrady's t- turn to come up visit. And then we could have a whole day with the crew yeah. and, and the SAB guru. It's And you could, you could, you know, make it happen. We are due. Yeah. We are due. It is our turn. It's, that's fair. Uh, I wish I could make Ohio heli throwdown happen, but <laughs> Scott would flog the crap out of me and yeah, we we wish we could make it happen too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it might not with the way everything's looking. Yeah, true. But if he was to go, I think both of you should just. I mean, you're it's on the way. You just pick up Scott in Charlotte. Yeah, but we have something going that weekend. What is it? Their stupid hover, hover contest. Oh, oh my god. Yeah. Ske- schedule. We'll let you guys hover. We'll, we'll, we'll cone off an area. You guys can hover all you want. <laughs> I'll even, we'll even put up the flags, like little yeah. flags. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring we'll out even those. Dress, we'll dress Gucci up like Monty and give him a megaphone and yep. he'll get the oh real experience. Yep. Uh, Maybe even get some of those like horns that they have at the soccer games, you know? Gucci, can you do a Monty impression? Mm, not off the bat. Okay. I'll have to think about have it. To work on let me, it. Let me try one. Let me try one. Okay. Nailed <sighs> <laughs> it. I got Dead one. You guys ready? Bullseye. You guys ready? ready? Here you go. Go ahead. All right. Shut up, Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. you're too much. You know that? Oh God, yes. <laughs> Uh, this is gonna be a good one i like it oh gosh all right well at any rate let's move this along yeah uh gucci i think you're up what is hot yeah that doesn't have the same effect as what scott does it i'm sorry all right hang on hang on scott what's next (laughs) there it is and what's in the box <laughs> I felt, oh, I felt like Gucci's was like we bought like a cheap a cheap uh, adult movie or something. <laughs> I hate you all. You know, 
you know, I leave for, for like a month and a half, <laughs> two months, and he just, you know, come up with his crazy German, not German, who knows what it is. Like uh, nine. Nine? Hans by Polizei. All right, let's get the show on the road. What's hot? What's in the box? So uh, I think, Mike, you brought this up, but there's a new sphincter manual? Huh? How about that? Yep. 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 They I mean, revised it. Mm, I think it looks good. I think they made the right changes to it. Gives yep. a little bit more information. It's not all in Chinese. Yep. They put some color to it, and they made sure to make a point, though, uh, point out that you have to make sure the main shaft is all the way into the head block mm. before you bolt it together. So the the Brennan Hire, you know, uh, yeah, manual revision. Okay, cool, cool. Yep. Uh, let's see. Oh, the uh, flight box quarantine call out that took off. Man, you, that was an idea, Mike. Was it you that came up with it? Uh, it was kind of a collaboration between everybody. Really, okay. we we're looking for something to do uh, to kind of get people doing stuff, getting on the simulator, maybe. Um. You know, get them to try and maneuver, and then they'll start simming a little bit and actually stay off or stay on the simulator. You know, once they get the maneuver done, and I think for the most of the people I talked to, simmed for quite a while after they did their maneuver, they kind of stuck around on the simulator for a while. Yeah, so that was I mean, pretty cool. Our good friend Kevin, he was on the on the simulator for like three days straight trying to get that yeah, barrel. Poor, mm. poor Kevin had to learn a whole, mo- a whole new uh, orientation. What do you mean three days? I had like friggin' ten hours. Yeah, he had like he had twenty four hours to yeah. do it. It, it. it felt it felt like a lifetime, an eternity. Mm. What was I mean, your maneuver I, again, Kevin? Uh, so Zach, um, I hope Friggle, right? Scopes. Yep. He mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he wanted me to do right-handed pyro flips, and oh, I don't right-hand anything. I mean, it's all <laughs> left-hand. You know. Or backhand. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I heard it, Scott. It was like a, the whole day, the whole 10 hours. I've been working this for my whole since I've been flying, and I still don't have them down. And I gotta learn this in <laughs> in ten hours. And I'm like, Kevin, you're taking the fun out of it. Just yeah. just do the best that you can. That's the point of this. I pulled so, it off. I pulled it. Yeah, off. you did. You know, I think it was cool, and I think a lot. Some people kind of missed the mark, you know. But you know, overall, the idea behind it was for people to have fun. And you know, right now in the situation we are in with COVID. Just, you know, just keep it simple. If it's not perfect, it's not the end of the world, you know. It's cool to see it's just kind of like the levels and how people approach, you know, uh, a challenge like this. It was pretty yeah. cool. That's cool to see people going from, like, uh, doing stuff as basic as, you know, like a basic circuit or, or a roll or a flip it, all the way up to Kenny Ko doing, uh, what was he doing? Uh, the crown, right? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I mean, even Ben, wow. Ben Storick, he, he did, the, what was it, the globe? The globe, yeah. Yeah, pirouette and globes, and he was he even mixed it up a little bit. must have been too easy for him. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, um, Amanda Ringer messaged me, and she's like, I need a maneuver to call out for Ben. And I'm like, well, I was trying to think of something that was difficult, you know, and I'm like, oh, tell him to do pirouette and globes. Those are pretty hard. And he's like, oh, well, here, I'll switch it up halfway between <laughs> left router and right router. I'm like, okay, yeah, there we go. 
Well, how about yeah, that? Did a pyro flip at the top and then switched pyro direction, I think, halfway through. I was right. like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. How about Kim and St. Sir from, from Canada? He did oh, a yeah. whole flight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, I'll maneuver. Okay, let, let me do a couple just to, to make sure that I got this locked in. Yep. Yeah. I mean, heck, um, there was even uh, female pilots, you know, um, Dana, Candy, Amanda. Um, who's the other person that flies ACB from Canada? Uh, Grace. Grace, yeah. It was. It, it's cool. And, I, I mean, I wish... You know, um, it keeps going. It doesn't need to be 10 postings a day, but if we keep going, I think it would be pretty cool. Right. And we got some embarrassing pictures, too. Yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. Now, it definitely took off. Awesome. Great idea. I'm glad that it. Um, we got, you know, we had some fun with it, and I hope it keeps going, too. All right. Let's, let's move on. Logo 200. How about that uh, final price or final price range? Between four ninety nine and five ninety nine. Yep this this was posted from uh, Heli Direct. Put mm-hmm. something out that they're going to be price ranged at four ninety nine to five ninety nine. Uh, I guess there's going to be bind and fly and ready to fly models available. Yep. And there, was, there was somebody I think on the hangout. I think oh it was Ryan's or no there. It was like what well, is the five ninety nine the one that's going to come with a radio with a uh, V control basic. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I think the, you know, it's a question of the bind and fly versus ready to fly. You know, you know, there's kind of different interpretations, but I don't yeah. think it's going to come with a radio. I there's would no think way. if they're going to do a ready to fly, they're probably going to do, they probably have some kind of a basic model, some kind of basic transmitter that just uses the Mikado protocol that yeah. they're talking on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just don't it's, see it happening. Yeah, not for five ninety nine. If they're gonna no. do a real B control, even if it's the classic edition, you know. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's let's get away from logo two, from two hundred size helis. You know, it's just you know, it sounds like bees. Yep. So let's let's move <laughs> on to uh, the angry bees, especially that tail when it starts getting all like you know overworked. Cats and heat. <laughs> <laughs> cool cats and kittens. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk more serious stuff. How about the Pros Nitro is finally shipping? People are building them. It's shipping? Yeah, that's what they're what? saying. What is this in, you say? In Europe, I think. Yeah. I got word that um in the US it looks like they're gonna ship on the seventh. Uh I got word that Shannon has a couple kits. Oh, okay. Well that was word from the guy that got one from the raffle. Yeah. So maybe his just ships later. Yeah, Shannon has a couple kits at his place now. I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying that or not, but uh, yeah. So it's a couple of team guys that have it on pre-order are going to be getting some. Uh, I don't know if that means people who pre-ordered through him are going to be getting them yet or not. Um, but yeah, so they're they're on their way for sure. Finally. Yeah, I think there's a big issue. I think with stuff coming out of Asia because a lot of the flights. Um, the commercial carriers have canceled their flights, and that's how they're shipping a lot of these. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than put it on a boat and wait two months, whatever it may be, on in a container, I right. think they're having a hard time getting some of these uh, products. They usually they use commercial carriers to get them here, so I think that's the slowdown. Well, I, I went to uh, get some nitro parts from RC Japan, and they're not 
they're not shipping through Japan Post anymore. For right now, it's completely shut down, so you have to pay the expensive shipping and ship it through FedEx, and it's like, a, I think it was like 30 to $50 shipping uh, to get anything from them. And I had oh, like wow. a couple rings and some other stuff, a, a piston, a rod, some little stuff, nothing super crazy. But you and, can still uh, get stuff, though. Yes, you can still get it, but it's gonna you're gonna pay a little extra for the okay. shipping to get it through FedEx, wow. at least for right now. But uh, their normal shipping is usually through Japan Post, and that's uh, not being accepted into the U.S. right now. So I think they are shipping to some countries through Japan Post, but as far as the U.S. goes, they're not. Well, think about it too. FedEx has its own planes, yes. rather than I think that's yeah, I think that's what it is. I think a lot of stuff goes on commercial flights. Yeah. So, uh, take a mic, take a mental note. Let's talk about an order. An order for mm-hmm. oh, RC Japan. Yeah, yeah okay. let's 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 uh, conversate, communicate. Gotcha. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, uh, actually, no, there's a few more things here. Let's see. So, uh, how about the the VTube, the Vstabi uh, live uh, videos that they're posting, or at least there was one last night. Um, which was kind of a deeper dive explanation by uh, Rainer and Ronald Thomas Jr. and Kyle Dahl as it relates to the V-Touch. So I didn't get a chance to to watch the whole video or the whole live feed, but it's pretty interesting because they did kind of dive deeper to kind of how the the programming, some of the design features on how they programmed the radio and its functionality. They even did like a kind of like a brief overview of the cloud system for the V-Touch. Uh, the cool thing that was, you know, they explained, which I, I, I mean, obviously we, some of us might have kind of figured it out, but the way the apps, uh, I guess, run and interact with the the whole system and the transmitter side of things, what they were saying is that it's completely two different systems, so to speak. So, like a, an app cannot in any way shape, let's say, mess with the, the transmission of the radio and therefore, you know, have an issue with transmitting to your Neo. So, it's the, the way they kind of built and designed, engineered the radio and uh, the user interface, interface, it's almost like, it's two separate entities. However, they only interact on a very minimal level in order to be able to get on your radio and kind of do some of the changes and run some of the apps. So pretty cool. I think it's something that is worth taking, you know, watching it to maybe get a better idea of the the programming and maybe some of the features and how they came up with those features and how they work in in the whole system as we we see it um so maybe you understand kind of the limitations maybe uh of the radio and the neo so i think uh there's one other thing too is i saw another video that was about um some of the updates they're coming out with um so it's cool um what i'm noticing because of the corona is there's a lot more live feeds and facebook interaction in our hobby now there wasn't a lot before but i think now a lot of these companies are starting to do a lot more um educational type um on their uh, videos on their products so that was pretty cool yeah so i definitely uh I'm, i need to kind of catch up on that one so that's kind of it you know nothing too crazy um i think uh it's been pretty slow just because of the corona lately 
Right. Well, very cool. Anybody got anything else to add? Nope. Nope. Good to go? I think we're good. Okay. Well, let's take a short break and we'll be right back. Innovation. Shatter your limits. Become a legend. Well, welcome back. Uh, we have a very special guest with us tonight. Uh, we have Bob Heaster. And of course, he has been on to help us fill in a few times. And um, we always promise Bob an all about Bob show. So we're going to get to know Bob and uh, we might even get into a little bit of a topic. So uh, welcome aboard, Bob. Thanks for coming back. Yes, yeah, thanks for having me back. Yeah. I figured after one time, you'd never have me back again. <laughs> Well, you know, I screwed it up enough that you know. <laughs> well, we we felt like we owed you since you bailed us out a couple times. That's ah, all right. It's all fun. Good time. It was tough though. You you got a three D printer now. Ugh. Yeah, we had to. Mm. We had to yeah, take a here vote. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Is that like a prereq for getting on freefall? <laughs> you open up the printer it's got a free coupon says look you get an episode on freefall rc yeah. it has steve's phone number on it <laughs> give him a call he can give me help with technical assistance with the printer and get me on his show nice let me guess you're shooting for c3po this time kevin's doing what? that too you're doing c3po no oh, okay sorry no no didn't go anywhere Shut the, it down. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean memorabilia. All right. You guys are horrible. Rolls right off the tongue. Not when you have ten beers in. You know what else rolls? No, never mind. We won't go there. Pull it right. together, Mike. Go Let's ahead, keep this. it going. What other jokes you got for me? Go ahead, get them, get them out of your system now. <laughs> I got a joke for you. Yeah, Bob, where are you from? Ooh. <laughs> wow. Ahead, <Mike>. Okay. <laughs> Originally, or you know, no. Um, <laughs> I am from Reading, Pennsylvania, eastern eastern Pennsylvania area, just a little bit outside of Philadelphia, okay. about an hour outside of Philly. Okay. Right on. All yeah. right. We love Pennsylvania people. They always come visit us all the time in Ohio. Yeah. But well, only... definitely near near Philly is actually where I bought the 3D printer. Just figured I'd throw that out there. But uh... <laughs> here we go. And we're uh, going to the 3D printing world. Did you get a good price? Right. Did you pay uh, a fair price for it? I did actually got a really good price for it. Yeah. Yeah. Did Did they pay you to pick it up, or did you have no. to? No. Mm. No. No. They They you know, I went in, I gave them my money, they gave me the product, I came home, and 
you know, huh? started playing with stuff and staring at it, mesmerized Wait, a, while it was doing its thing. You bought a 3D printer at a brick and mortar store? Yes. Where? Where? Uh, it's actually a place called Micro Center. In, oh, in like fries. Okay. Like what? Kind of like fries. Like French like fries? fries? Yeah, that's You've never heard of like fries? fries? I like French fries. Oh, fries electric. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like a big old tech <laughs> store, and it's awesome. They have like the most randomest weird stuff sometimes. Yeah, I went hmm. to McDonald's route too. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I did too. Now I'm hungry. Let's kind of like <laughs> me too. I'll be right back. <laughs> it's kind of Just continue it's, without me. You don't need me. Yeah. It's kind of well, like the. That's the questions for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Generation Triple X for uh, for geeks, you know. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's what this okay. place was. I'd never heard of this place until the day before I got the printer from a friend, and I looked them up. They've been in business like 20 years, and I went, oh, how I've never, I've never heard of them, and I have no idea how. Mm. But I've never heard of fries either, so. All right. But anyway, so, okay. So you, so you picked up a new hobby, right? The yeah. 3D printing? Okay. Uh, any other hobbies? Please don't say trains. <laughs> well, <laughs> where I work in um, model I, trains, you make Gucci model trains. Yeah, I don't, I don't do, I don't do them myself. But you know, where I work at, we're involved with them. Um, other hobbies, no. I mean, RC like is pretty much everything. Whether it be cars, um, I do some planes. I was into that many, many years ago with planes, um, helis, mostly anything RC. Not really into boats too much. Uh, I just have this, I've always had it since I've been young, like this fascination with RC, no matter what it would be. Hmm. Always got to be tinkering with something. Yep. Got to stay busy. Yeah, absolutely. How long have you been So, now? yeah, no no other real hobby. Shooting, a little bit with shooting, I guess you could say. So I, I dump some money, you know, when I go to a range and spend a whole bunch when we, you know, send it down, down range a little bit, but I don't get to do that often enough. Nice. Well, when you uh, when you come up to Ohio, we'll have to make a make a range day while you're out here. I can do that. I'll definitely go for that. Can I go? <laughs> no, you'll no, be hovering. You guys can't. Uh, you guys are gonna go out and do that fancy little hovering thing. Yeah, that's true. You're choreographed hovering. Watch this in tandem. I can go from tail to the right to tail to the left. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Watch. Look how gnarly my triangle is. Yeah. Watch you guys are me, mean. Watch me pirouette <laughs> as I go in a diagonal line. All right, Bob, how long have you been a thorn in the hobby? <laughs> uh, Doesn't that well, feel you welcome uh, on the show? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean when, I started, when I was a little bit better when I started in the hobby. It's only been recent years I've become a dick. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's but it's been longer than Gucci's Nitro runs, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> just, well, actually, mm. it depends when you say the hobby, the heli hobby or yeah, RC the heli hobby. hobby? We don't care about others. Okay, I'm just checking to clarify, okay? <laughs> I didn't know if you had, you know, blood loss making you, you know, lose some memory or not. <laughs> um, choking on popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you're choking on. Um, Jesus! <laughs> Shots <Yeah>. fired. It's <laughs> getting hot right. now. Oh, that's a good episode. That might be after this midnight. <laughs> It's gonna be a fist fight before the end of this thing. <laughs> That's right. See, I was quiet too long at the beginning, and now I got all this, you know, all this pent up energy. Um, wait, what was the question? Oh, wait, how long have they been? How long have you been a dick for? 
Yeah. I always treat our guests with respect. Oh, hobby, God. The heli hobby, believe it or not, and this is going to come as a shock to anyone who's seen me fly, this is going to surprise them, that I've actually been flying for probably about 11 years. Um, because it's 11 years and I still suck. But, yeah, I mean, I started off in it for something to do, and I did planes before that, transitioned to helis, and was absolutely one of the hardest things I've ever done, and I decided it wasn't going to kick my ass, and I kept at it. That's awesome. So, yeah. And here I am 11 years later, and it's still kicking my ass. <laughs> I think it will always kick everyone's ass, and I think that's why we all love it. It is. It's a challenge, and it's always an unknown, and it's always something a little bit different, and it's not boring, and that's kind of what I like about it. You know, it's not something that, you know, I go to do, and I know what the outcome's going to be, because I think I know what the outcome's going to be, and it never usually goes quite like I had planned. It's the best part. Yeah, absolutely. So, what got you into the hobby? Oh, wow. Um... I don't, I honestly don't know for sure. Um, I just, one day I think I saw, I, I went to the shop and they had this blade SR. Um, that was my first heli and I saw it and thought, you know what, that thing looks really cool. And I've never really tried helis. And I had this thing where I just, I wanted to do it and I bought it. I came home and realized yeah this this sucks a lot more than i thought it was going to but, <laughs> i mean because when i started I, I had this blade sr and if you guys are familiar with that heli i don't know if you guys yeah. have flown yeah. it at all everybody yeah. you know those tails would buzz and make all kinds of noise and you know but that was at the time that was how you were trying to learn how to fly and i had mm-hmm. no one around me that really flew helis so i didn't have anyone to pull for advice or really to help i searched a little bit online but um, I just figured, all right, I, I actually indoors, <laughs> I look at now some of the stuff I did early on and I think it was kind of stupid, but I was inside and I'd sit in my chair and I would try to hover this thing and I would take off. It would be like an inch or two off the ground for five seconds and I'd set it down. And I just kept doing that until I finally could get like 15 to 20 seconds of a hover. And I thought I was like the shit for being able to do that. And, uh, I'll bet you it took me. About a month with that heli of flying, um, of doing that, of just a little bit every night until I could actually, beginning of a battery, take off and hover it and hold it relatively in one spot and then set it back down. And the first time I did that, I was so pumped up. The feeling I got was just, it was awesome. I'm like, okay, it was like a drug. And I'm like, I need to do that again. I need to do that more. You know, what's next? And then just kind of kept going from there. Nice. So, Bob, uh, what do you do for a living? <laughs> well, when I started in the hobby, I was doing, I was in like the medical field and um, at a supply place. And now I actually, for the past about nine and a half years, I actually uh, manage and run a hobby shop. That's wow. awesome. Awesome. Oh, what's the hobby yeah. shop called? So, uh, Iron Horse Hobby House. Ooh, okay. Yep. Full line hobby shop. It's not just an RC shop. You know, we do trains. So yeah, that shaggy? Like trains. that'll yeah. make Shaggy. I guess that'll make Shaggy happy. <laughs> you sell gummy worms? I don't know. Oh, you're missing you out on an uh, opportunity there. 
Yeah, well, if I know if he comes, if he ever comes up, I've invited him up here many times. But if he ever comes up to come to the shop, I'll make sure I have a pack there waiting for him. There you go. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's full line hobby shop, so they cover everything from model rockets to trains to RC cars, you know, to a little bit of everything. Unfortunately, go figure, helis is one of the things that we hardly do anything with, because um, nobody in this area is just like it's like a dead zone. Um, and when you try to expose some people to it, they're just, like, afraid of it. No one wants to do it. You go to the local flying fields, they're not doing it. So um, it's a shame, But that's which is why I like to travel to the other places so I can actually get around other pilots. Sure. So, obviously, you know, day in and day out, you're in the hobby shop, you know, when, except the days that you have off. Have you ever gotten burnt out of the hobby because of working in the in the hobby, so to speak? Um, I would say, I mean, there's days when, you know, I've kind of gone, okay, you know, you know, why am I doing this? But uh, realistically, no, um, because when it all comes to it, I mean, I get to go to work and play with toys for a living, you know, I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> I'm pretty jealous. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, it's, it's giving me a good living and it's letting me do the stuff that I want to do. And it's, you know, keeping, you know, everything, li- letting me live how I want to live. And, and I can't complain about that at all. And if it was, you know, the sad part is some of my friends that I've had for a long time, close friends, I mean, they still, fortunately, unfortunately, sometimes they're always bringing me their stuff to my house for me to fix their stuff. Uh, whether it be the cars or, you know, whatever they have, or they, you know, I'm like their personal tech assistant. Sometimes that gets a little old if I'm at work and I'm fixing stuff and doing everything and I come home and I have other stuff to do here. But I mean, for the most part, it's still, it's fun. Like I said, I've always been, I like the tech stuff. I like the, the gadget of it and working on them, fixing them, programming them. For me, that's almost a bigger part of the hobby in a weird sort of way. Um, you know, if I could sit and build a heli and program it and get it set or go fly at the field for a day, I, given the options, I, I might sit and build the heli and program it over going out and flying. <laughs> I, right. And that's just kind of where and I, that might be because of earlier years. Most of my time was spent building and programming and fixing crashed helis and, you know. But no, I mean, I, I just kind of keep going and it really got burned out to where I wanted to walk away. There was one time when I was getting a little bit agitated with some things mike might remember when i was you know this is probably i don't know earlier part of last year and i had some other health issues going on and that more had me in a just kind of a bad place for that i wasn't burned out from the hobby i was sort of burned out in life i guess you could say so everything was annoying me but once i got past that and got everything going straight again i was all good to go yeah i I think we talked about that the first time you were on the show like uh, scott said I think you yeah, mentioned it, Mike. You, you said you were trying to get him out of the funk, right? Yeah. yeah. I was just making a bad joke, saying that you was frustrated with the hobby on the first half of this show. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I wasn't frustrated. I wasn't frustrated with the hobby. I was frustrated with the uh, life in general. No, no. I was going to say what you were saying the first part of the show. I was not frustrated with the hobby. I was frustrated with the people portraying the hobby. How's that? Mm. Shots fired. So so let me ask you this. Do you, whenever you have a new customer that comes into your shop, do you hope they crash as bad as Kevin? (laughs) 
Or do you hope that they don't crash like Daniel? Like, what well, do you look for in your, you that know? That depends. So if we have okay. somebody that comes in with a heli, and it depends if they tell me if I need to fix it or not. Okay. So if it's something they're going to want me to fix, I'm hoping it was just a minor tip over. Mm-hmm. If it's something they're going to fix, I want them to pull McGrady. And <laughs> that way they come in by a whole lot of parts and go home and then I can sell them the parts. We can make money off of it and I don't have to deal with the headache of fixing it. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Because inevitably the hardest part of fixing someone else is like with helis. And I'm sure all you guys know this from helping friends and helping someone is when you fix someone else's heli, we test fly them, we make it right, and everything's perfect. But you give it to them, and then they go and do a dumb thumb. The first thing you want to do is blame it on something else. Yep. No one ever wants to take you know responsibility for themselves screwing up. So they want to blame it on, oh, it wasn't repaired right or it wasn't done right. And then they want to come back in and say they want us to fix it for free again or something. <laughs> yeah, probably- I can show them. I can show them the video and say, well, here's what it was doing before I gave it to you. Because <laughs> yeah. I video anything, any helis I ever do repair for, when I'm flying it, I video it to show them exactly what's going on. You probably get a lot of that with the cars, I would imagine. Oh, a lot of it, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's a whole other, how long you got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I yeah. mean, because we'll have people that come in and they'll bring a car in, nitro especially, because, you know... I mean, thank God the nitro cars aren't using YS engines. It'd be worse. Well, but um, <laughs> I quit. They're the, yeah. the engines. I'm just full of them here. What can I say? And but they'll bring a car in and they they can't get it running or they need some work done and we fix it. And the rear tires are like brand new. They go home. They come back a week later. The tires are bald. The car looks like shit. It's been run through everything. And they're like, you know, I barely got to run it. I don't know what's going on now. It's not running. You barely got to run it, but yet the tires are now bald and the car's destroyed. You know, because they want us to fix it for free again. Sure. Yep. So, question: Most of those uh, motors in those cars, what brand are they? Um. Well, I mean, depends on usually the manufacturer, like whatever the car is. Like Traxxas mm-hmm. has their Traxxas motors. Okay. Um. A lot of the companies have. They say they're their own motor, even though they're probably a rebranded version. You know, of something else. Okay. Um, you know, the Traxxas is one we sell a ton of, but even that nitro, nitro for the cars is not like the helis. It's kind of weird. Like I thought it would come back. Nitro was huge for the cars, mm-hmm. but when lipo and brushless really kicked in hard, like it just nitro just went away. You know, so there's not anywhere near as many nitro cars. Um, we probably sell twenty, thirty electric cars for every one nitro car. Um, wow. nobody just really wants the nitro because of the pain. They want to just plug the battery in and go. Um, when nitro and the helis, you know, did that for a little while where nitro really took a died off, but then it started coming back pretty hard. So we thought, Oh, maybe about a year after that, maybe it was going to be a trend. We'll see the cars coming back again. And it never really happened. I mean, not from what we see in our area. We, we sell almost hardly any nitro cars anymore. It's very interesting. Yeah, hmm. disappointing, really. Yeah, it is. I get I mean, it. Because I mean, a lot of people never experience that sound and the smell, you know, which is yeah. just it uses your other senses to really, you know, really be something kind of cool when you're running the car. Yeah, but they for some so people, it's just better to not have it. Yeah, like all I remember is my nitro car turning into this like pool of dirt and oil, just bleh. Mm-hmm. Where nitro helis really don't do that unless you know you crash like Kevin. 
Mm. <laughs> Fair point. <Damn>. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, you have any kids in the hobby? Oh, uh, you had to bring that up, huh? Oh, yeah. Huh? You know, Might as well. Well, my wife has been trying to have kids for years, and we've never been able to. So, thanks for, you know, bringing that up. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, that's hilarious. See, now, remember, remember when I said earlier, it's only been recent years I've been a dick? That was yeah. one of those moments. Yeah. Um, like, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I have, I have two kids that are in the hobby. Unfortunately, now, I feel I feel really old saying this. My youngest is 17, and my oldest is 21. He's going to be 22. Wow. Um, and they were both very heavy in the hobby for years. Um, and it kind of kept me going, which is one of the reasons I never was really flying. I was always fixing, repairing, and working on them. But, yeah, I have, I have two boys that are into it, and one actually was sponsored through Horizon for about two years or so. He flew for them. Um, youngest, well, Mike knows him from being at others. He's, he's at that awkward 17 years and he just, you know, he's 17 years old and he's more interested in other stuff right now. So you got to talk him into coming down with you. Nah, he, he has, he's pretty much lost all interest. He doesn't want to do anything with helis anymore. He doesn't, really? he has no interest in doing it. And it sucks because he hasn't flown a real heli in now in probably like a year. Oh, well. But I I would put, you know, a couple hundred dollars down without even thinking about it and, and say he could pick it up without doing it. And this was a frustrating part for me. He can take his 700, probably go out and just fly low, stupid, without even trying. And he, he just does it without practicing. And it's frustrating. Right. Because right? Right. he has like that. And both the kids had that natural ability. And mm-hmm. I struggle. But they, they can lay it down and, and do everything. But... I'm proud of him for it. You know, it's always been, you know, that's where my earlier part of the hobby was always, you know, I was the proud papa, you know, check out what my kids are doing. My, my oldest, when he got so into it, he had a whole YouTube channel dedicated to, to flying helis and doing all kinds of heli videos from the events we were going to learning 3d videos. Um, I mean, he has some videos that have, you know, I see, you know, hundreds of thousands. I don't even know anymore. The one I think is like maybe a million views, or I don't know anymore. Oh, what is this YouTube uh, channel? Check this out. Uh, it's just Aaron Heaster. Huh. Yeah, Scott, you'll have to go check out. It's one of my favorite videos. Uh, he he does a flight over the pool in the Best Western. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, Nick, that was Nick. Nick Johnson's Nick, in the yeah. pool commentating it. It's freaking hilarious. Oh my yeah. gosh, he was at our hotel and and. Uh, he, we were just screwing around. It was the Sunday after Urcha where everything was pretty much dead. Nick didn't have any transportation, so I drove him around a couple places he wanted to go. He was at the same hotel we were at. And uh, the uh, um, just kind of messing around. And all of a sudden, uh, they said we're going to go down to the pool. And the kid said about flying his, I guess it was the 180, I think is what it was, right after the 180 came out from from Blade. Mm-hmm. And he said he wanted to fly it at the pool. So Nick was already in the pool, and I'm going to film. And Nick just goes, hand me the camera. And I'm like, you're in the pool. He goes, yeah, hand me the camera. I'm like, dude, if you slip, this thing's going under the water. And it's like, you know, a couple hundred dollar camera. He's like, oh, no, I, I got this. Trust me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so he was walking around in the pool, and Aaron was flying. Probably wasn't the safest thing. And Aaron's flying 
up around him all over the pool and nick did one hell of a job videoing it it's it's it is a really cool video it's got a lot of a lot of views on that one but yeah, if you just look it up scott it's like uh the first name is a-A-R-O-N. scott i just dropped it in the group chat you can pick it up okay very cool yeah but he did yeah he actually had a partnership even with youtube he was making money doing that Nice. So in the early days when YouTube had different, uh, right, what right. sort of looking for, like for different criteria for how you could actually get paid for it and stuff. So sure. he was getting paid for doing something he loved to do. It's amazing. Nice. So if Bob goes out and buys a helicopter tomorrow, do you have a specific, a specific brand that you tend to gravitate towards? Um, no. I don't. I just, it's whatever strikes my fancy at that time. Whatever I see that I like. Um, I mean, I actually haven't bought any new helis for a long time. Um, I have too many now. I got to thin some of them out and get rid of some of them. And I mean, the last heli I bought was, you know, a goblin from Mike. So, and that was not new. That was kind of a mutant goblin, I guess, too. Um, but yeah, I don't go by brand. I go by what do I, you know, what do I see? What do I like? What am I, what mood am I in at that point? That kind of thing, you know, for something for myself anyway. Sure. What uh, what brands do you have, or what what helis do you have right now? Oh, uh, what heli? Well, uh, brands or helis? Helis in general, yeah, yeah. Helis, Helis is going to take a while because I have way too many. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I have between me and the kids. I still have their stuff in here, but I mean, I have you know, like a line seven hundreds. I got three seven hundreds. Um, one's an original seven hundred E that was flybarred, converted to flybarless. Um, which actually, I love flying that heli. Um, the thing flies great. Um, I have the seven hundred Goblin. I have two blade 600 X's. Uh, I have a, a line 550, a line 600 to pro DFC, which is what the kid flew mostly. My oldest, that was his main heli. I beat the living crap out of the heli. I don't even know how many times that's ever been planted into the earth. Mm. Um, <laughs> exploded a few times midair, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but then like micro helis, I got like 130s, 180s. Um, you know, a bunch of those uh, T Rex 500 flybard, the Blade 500 oh, wow. flybard one. A lot of, a lot of different ones, but mostly yeah, line, Goblin, Blade. Trying to actually think, I'm actually kind of looking at them, trying to figure out. But that, that's the main ones, I guess, that I have. Nice. What about like supporting equipment? As far as like radios and stuff, yeah, radios, charger. Uh, here we go. Here we go. All right. So <laughs> don't worry, I got your back. Everybody's gonna start getting their digs in and stuff. <laughs> I got your back, Bob. Because <laughs> here we go. I got Spectrum, <laughs> um, and I kind of go by the "if it ain't broke, don't fix it" kind of thing. Now, and the reason I do it is, it's I have the DX9. I actually have I've had for years. I know the radio. I know what it does. I know. If my heli's doing something, I know exactly what I need to do, so I'm very comfortable with it. And that's pretty much what it comes down to. I, I know how to program it. I can get it programmed quick. If something's not working like I want to, I can make those changes. Um, 
fly barless systems, pretty much everything I own either has a beast X in it or an icon because I know I'm uncomfortable with it. Although I lie. One heli, oh, you guys are going to love this one, um, <laughs> actually still has a 3GX in it. Oh, whoo! Yeah, no, can you believe that? Does it fly? It actually it flies really good. It on its own or, or by you commanding it? Because <laughs> Kevin has well, one like, that'll do hurricanes on its own when he tries to Oh, really? It. Yeah. Now, the, the 3GX was... I, I it, it Actually, it works really good once I I got it figured out. <laughs> And figured out they have, I don't know, it was kind of weird because the instructions years and years and years ago when I first built the instructions were so poorly written no. that I had to read it several times to figure out what the translation was trying to, what they really meant to do. Find out what the hell a shapely stiffer is? Yeah, I mean, I was, <laughs> something like that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was, a couple times I'd read it and go, what the hell are they trying to say? And I felt like, I felt like I was being stupid. Because I had to read it probably like six times until I went, oh, okay, I think I get it. And then I just started doing it and, and made it work really well. Nice. I think so, it can be flown. I do have another one here if you want one. but uh, I, I think I'll pass. Save it for someone okay. who needs it. Yeah. Or that you don't like. Yes. Or that I don't like. Okay. <laughs> Gucci, you need a 3G egg? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's being too quiet, so I figured I had to, you know. Hey, listen, I've flown the 3GX. Do you? The 3G, actually. You know what? We could do that as a challenge. I want to see. I I have the 3GX, and if anybody wants to take it, listens to this, they can message me, and I will give it to them. But I want to see somebody put the 3GX on a goblin and fly it. Oh, you're going to get them banned from the Facebook world. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) But if it's somebody price. wants to do that and they will they'll put it, I'll, I'll give them the three GX to do it. What's the prize? Just bragging rights? Yeah, just Scott, you should try it. Boredom for the hell I'm of it. Tempted. Yeah. You should no try prize. it, Scott. I'll trade you. I'll trade you the three GX for your Raptor ninety. Ooh. Ooh. No. <laughs> Even though I was giving it away for free, I don't know if I want to deal with that. It's not wow. Worth it. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Mm. No, I mean if you want to take it and do it and, and just to. Do something stupid and for shits and giggles, I'll send it to you. I don't care. Just let me know. Detail slide a heli extravaganza into the lake. With a goblin, I'm down. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, because airframe will be fine. Yeah. You just got to put electronics in it that uh, you never want to see again. Mm. A line 16. There you go. (laughs) I got some of those. I'll donate them. I like those. I'll donate them. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just Actually, looking. I don't. I don't really have any any servos I'd want to put into something that I know is probably going to go in. But is it bad that I have a few six tens right here, ready to be popped into the helicopter? Mm. Yeah. There you go. We just got a motor. We got servos. We have a fly barless. I have a motor. Maybe that's what we should do. Take see who has what out of all of us. All of us donate equipment into the mutant heli. Paint it up as a heli heads heli. And then see what you can do with it. See if you can get it to touch the bottom of the lake. (laughs) (laughs) See if you can skip up the bedrock. (laughs) I meant within reason. Now you're just being, you know. Destructive. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Scott right away wants to just see how quickly he can crash it. Yeah. I'm sorry, McGrady it. McGrady it. There we go. Yeah. 
It's a new term. I is like there, that. like, different levels of it? Like, is it, like, a McGrady from 1 to 10? Yeah, I think we could do that, yeah. yeah. It's the McGrady scale. I think scale. we should do that. So well, there's, a little, there's little the... tip over will be, like, a McGrady 1. Yeah. You know, an infinity tail slide shattering into pieces. That's a, you know, McGrady 10. Yep, no, the first one's, first one's a K-Dog. <laughs> Second one's a McGrady. And then the other one, the... the the full send is the full McGrady. The full McGrady. The full McGrady. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys. actually yep. mean to crash it, right? Yep. That's broken frames. Broken frames is a full McGrady. Mm. Nice. Like it. So, Bob, uh, nitro, electric, or gasser? As far as what I prefer to fly, or yes. Well, seeing as how I only own electric right now, I'm going to have to say electric. Yeah. I'm not opposed to nitro. Because okay. The, I owned a Raptor 30 um, that actually sunk some money into. I put an OS 37 in it. That's right, an OS 37. And uh, I had a Hattori pipe on it. <laughs> and uh, it flew decent, and that's what I learned a lot of my like just full forward flight and a lot of orientations and stuff I learned through that flying that heli. So I, I enjoyed that one. I just sold it cause I got, I got tired of cleaning everything up all the time. Yeah. They're pretty messy. Yeah. I like the, the laziness of electric. About, I'm done. I just unplug it. What about gasser? Would you ever, uh, yeah. I mean, if I find the right deal on one, I, I do one. I have no, no issues with having a gasser, you know, I'd give one a try. <laughs> So you'd buy a gasser just to tick off Mike, right? Um, yeah, you know, if I got the good deal in the heli, I would, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'd come out and just, when he yeah, bought those, the fly, he'll trade me for a 3GX. Excellent. Yeah, he'll give me a 3GX for a gasser. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> oh, so what has been your, over the years, what has been your favorite fun fly that you attend or that you attend regularly? Um, however you want to classify it one just like a one-time fly like favorite fun fly ever or it's your choice whether it's one that's it's a repeat or one that, that really stands out to you the one i can honestly say that i probably had the absolute most fun at was one of the smaller ones i ever went to and i was actually at the nighthawks field with mike and that was june of two years ago maybe yeah it was about two uh, years ago. Yeah, and it was a it was a small event. I think a lot of people didn't show up. It, there was rain in the forecast. Um, I drove out there. It was one of those when I get my mindset on something, I'm just going to do it. I didn't give a shit about weather because I already had the time off of work. I'm getting away from work, getting away from everything, and going to go. And had probably one of the best times with just the people that were there, the hanging out, just. Everything we were doing, it was just a weekend of just laughing and having fun. Mm. And that, to me, was, you know, a, a big thing. Yeah, it was a was a good time. We even we even threw him on the, the MC. Yeah. <laughs> it was the microphone, man. Oh, man. Yeah, because he had this really nice setup, and nobody wanted to use it. So I just kind of walked <laughs> over and started using it. I, don't, I didn't understand why nobody was doing it. So I was trying to see how many people I could make crash their shit. <laughs> yeah. My man. Successful. <laughs> I was with you. I was yes. Yeah. You did put one or two in. Jesse, I couldn't get the. I couldn't get him to crash or anything. He was just ignoring me. Man, he buys synergy. <laughs> he, he's he can't afford to put him in the ground. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <that's true>. yeah. <laughs> you got to take like uh, you know second mortgage to try to get your yeah, gears replaced. That's right. 
No, just the top uh, bearing block. That'll do it. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, Bob Bob loves the uh, the megaphone or the portaphone, whatever they call them, the, the big you know, handheld speakers or whatever. You love oh, that. Oh, the little megaphone thing? Yeah. Yeah, because Mike, I guess, is that yours, Mike? That, yeah, that's mine. Yeah. And when I saw yeah. you had that and when I come out for, you know, when there's no other equipment set up, if there's something that, you know, yeah. I can grab and to sound more annoying over, he, I'll do it. He just needs something to talk shit on. He don't care what it is. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. It comes natural. When I can see somebody else crash, it, it makes a good day for me. It makes me feel good. <laughs> makes me feel good. <laughs> what a jerk. Yeah. It, that's, it's that's kind Bob. of fun. Well, see, it, was actually, it was kind of funny because the last time I, uh, not last time, but last year, when that whole goblin deal happened with Mike, when I left home, I had this plane. It was a... What was that thing, Mike? Like an extra two thirty or something? Uh, or yeah, like a P flight thing. Yeah, park so extra. I, I crashed it while I was out there, and I sent my wife a picture of it, and she was happy that it was crashed. She thought it was funny, <laughs> so she said, "Are you going to leave it out there?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "I'm not bringing it home," and she was all excited that I was leaving his plane. It wasn't coming home, and it was one less thing to bring home. And she comes out. She, she's awesome. She helps me like carry everything in when I come home. So I open up the back of my truck, and she looks in, and she sees this big goblin sitting there, and she goes, what's this one? I said, oh, it was part of the deal I made with Mike. I bought this from him. She goes, I was all happy you weren't bringing anything home. She goes, but now I see this thing. I said, yeah, but it was a good deal. So (laughs) (laughs) you can't pass up a good deal. She never asked me if I was bringing anything home in its place. She just asked me if I was bringing that home. So (laughs) Just ask for forgiveness later. It's great. It's a good deal. Exactly. So give me the most epic thing that you saw happen at a phone fly. What is like the most hmm. interesting thing that you experienced? The most epic thing at a fun fly. Mm-hmm. This ought to be good. Bob has a lot of urches under his belt. Well, uh, eight, maybe something like that. Seven, eight. Um, I'm actually trying to think because there's a lot of really cool stuff that's happened at the events over the years like with the arches and stuff i mean some of it's been evening stuff that you you know probably don't want to bring up (laughs) exactly (laughs) we don't want to we don't want to bring some of that up and get anybody in trouble on anything so um i mean your arches in like 13 14 you know were probably some of the biggest uh and there was just lots of lots of really cool flying going on there um yeah, you know, I can't think of anything at the moment, actually, on that one that, that just stands out. Because, like you said, there were a lot of really good moments. Um, I have to think about that. Maybe can, can we come back to that one maybe a little bit? Possibly. Would that yeah, be okay? Yeah. Take a, Either take a pass or come back on that? Because there's a no. lot of good ones. No, we need to know now. One out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We'll let yeah. you slide on right, yeah. you say that YS engines are the best. We don't have okay, a so let me keep thinking about what I got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Next question, please. All right. <laughs> what is the furthest? <laughs> is the furthest you've traveled for a fun fly? Um, I guess it is Urcha. Okay. Because I drive. That's six hundred and. I think it's like 620 miles or something for me. Oh, wow. How many hours? I believe. Uh, the quickest I've made it, I think, was about nine hours. 
okay. or just under nine hours, something like that. I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that drives crazy, stupid fast. So, but that was just hauling. I made like, I think, I'm trying to remember if we did one stop or two stops. I honestly don't remember. Actually, I think it was one stop. And that's how we did it. Just under nine hours. Wow. Yeah. I was on E when I pulled into the field at like four o'clock in the morning or something like that. All right. It was great. But we made good time. Heck yeah. Well, very cool. Um, i tell you what, let's uh, move into a little bit of a topic. And how this came about Uh-oh. was uh, we actually were simming one night with Bob. And uh, I think the topic sort of came up is, you know, how, how do we approach <clears throat> trying to learn new maneuvers? And so we kind of took that idea and ran with it and decided to have Bob come on. And because uh, I think you were kind of asking, you know, how to do certain maneuvers. And we were trying to sort of verbally teach you <laughs> in that process. But uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to, uh, you know, talk about that. And let's see if we can't yeah. come up with some ideas, you know? Well, um, first thing, I guess, would be you all suck as teachers. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> like I didn't learn shit that night. All right, no. episode done. Freaking... <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I appreciated that. That that was actually that night actually kind of got me reignited again. I really want to go fly the worst sort of way right now, and I just haven't had the time. And it was mostly from that night on the sim. That's and awesome. because of that, I've actually been back on the sim. When we're doing the, we came up with the idea for the quarantine challenge. Right. Um, I've been on the sim a little bit more. Usually, I'm not a sim person. I can usually go for 15 minutes at a shot, and then I'm good for the next two weeks probably. Um, I just can't seem to keep myself doing it. I just get bored at it too quick. But huh. the night when we were all on there, it was it was a blast, and it, it was I got ideas for yeah, and I got ideas from you guys as to what I was doing wrong, how to you know differently you know, how to approach something and, and how to try it in a couple different ways. And I've actually been trying a couple different ways and I'm, I'm getting there. I'm trying to make, uh, trying to make Mike proud. That we <laughs> okay. out there, I can actually take a real heli and hopefully do it before I plummet it into the ground. So way, I'll be happy for you. <laughs> yeah. He's probably going to choose the goblin just to let you know. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm probably just going to do it with like my 180. That way it doesn't matter when it hits the ground. <laughs> so, so let me, let me, let me ask you this question is yeah. where, uh, you know, you you know, you're looking for some maneuvers. Where did you get the inspiration for those maneuvers? Is it videos? Is it, have you seen somebody do it in real life? Is it something that you uh, noted on a list or what? Yeah, I mean, the maneuvers I try are this is it's it's somewhat sad if you think about it because they're very basic maneuvers. And after I almost feel bad saying it out loud that I've been flying 11 years and some of these basic maneuvers I can't do. Um. Because I'm not one that always goes, oh, I gotta go learn these maneuvers, or I, I feel like I have to progress a certain way. Because for me, it's if I go do something, if if I just held it tail in in front of me and hovered it, if I had fun doing it, it was a success, and I could give a shit about anything else. Um, but like basic things, like the the one I was trying to work on is the funnels. Um, I'm just trying to do good, clean funnels, and I got it stuck in my head, and now that's what I want to do. Right. Actually, Mike. Mike got it stuck in my head. That's what I want to do. Cause I was working on hurricanes before that. And a lot of people think that's, those are basic moves and they had them down probably after two months of flying, but I never really tried them a whole lot. Cause I flew a lot more sport rolls, loops, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, um, 
because funny enough, I know Shaggy kept trying to get me into that the the advanced hovering competition thing, and uh, <laughs> I just didn't do it because I just didn't really feel like competing. I didn't want to have any pressure on anything. I just wanted to go have fun. And for me, it's a big just stress reliever, relax thing. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of rambling on a little bit. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, mean, I, I think you're I think you're hitting a good point there because I think for a lot of people. Uh, maneuvers don't really mean much. They're more into the hobby for the the social part of it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah, so. a big part for me. I would say the social part's fun, hanging out with everybody. Uh, I'll go to the field. Like, I'll do more flying when I go to the field myself or my one buddy that'll go with me. And I'll try stuff there, and I'll do more flying there because when I get together with other people, I want to watch what they're doing and how they're flying and, and you know, try to learn that way and try to be a little bit of a sponge and absorb some stuff, whether it be from setup techniques to flying to whatever, you know, what equipment they were using, you know, except for V-Bar. And (laughs) (laughs) I just don't use it because everybody, you ever have that thing where everybody's doing it, so you just don't want to because everyone's doing it? Yeah, it's AB. like that. Well, that's what I was just going to say. And, Mike, you just gave in and got a goblin. Yeah, well, I was curious. I won a couple years ago when they were, I won a V-bar and I got it out of the box. I never, I purposely never turned it on because I knew if I turned it on and I started playing with it, I knew I was going to love it. So I never turned it on and I just turned around and sold it (laughs) for like cheap and gave the guy a smoking deal on it. So I know, you know, I've I've never said anything bad, like the whole Mikado, the V-bar, all that stuff. I know it's awesome stuff. I just don't want to do it because everyone else is using it and I want to be different. That's fair. I know it's like stupid. No, it's fair. I mean, you know, but, people um, drinking water—that's so dumb. I want to be different. I want to be. <laughs> Sometimes but, it ain't worth being different. Just yeah. saying. I don't know. But you know, it can getting be fun back, and make it interesting. Yeah, to get back to the inspiration thing. Yeah, though. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. I, but I was going to say, and I'm gonna pull Scott into this. Is there was oh, that. Boy recent video that you saw this guy doing a particular move who was it justin cook or i'm not sure Uh, but it was somebody doing a a specific maneuver and it got you amped up to the point where you learned how to do it you know also you know yeah i mean it's i I don't know I, i hate seeing these videos of people absolutely throwing down in a helicopter and i'm like man why can't i do that so i'm excited for the day where i can go hey i can do that right right so that always gets me amped. If I see something cool I want to learn, I just, I'm all about it. I spend hours and hours and hours in the sim. Right. Just trying that one maneuver? Like, if you, if, will you spend hours just trying that one thing? Uh, sometimes, yeah. I'll spend a couple hours just working on that one thing. I'll get some music going. I'll try and have some dedication and get it knocked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, I'm not that dedicated, I guess. I'm in the same boat you're in. I mean, technically, I've been in the hobby for 20 years, and I... I'm nowhere close to where I should be for 20 years. Yeah. So, well, just, just to do something about it. Yeah. So just to preface, uh, you know, these questions aren't just targeted at Bob, of course. I mean, anybody can chime in, but, um, so how do, how do we do this? I mean, I, for myself, uh, I tend to break maneuvers down into chunks and like doing a hurricane, right? Um, I tend to treat it like a clock and, you know, I try to figure out six to three, you know, 
and then I try to work on three to 12 and then I try to make my way around and until I, I feel comfortable enough to come flying back, you know, in front of my face kind of thing. So how, how do you guys approach it? What do you do? So I kind of break things up as well. Like you're saying, um, for instance, like when I was trying to learn, um, like, right rudder pyro flips kind of thing um i started trying to do mobius's backwards so i do one side of it and then get under control again then do the other side of it and then get under control again and do that back and forth using right rudder and then tighten it up to the point it becomes a stationary flip um you know try and break it down to like simpler parts right and let me let me interrupt you for just for a second so you mentioned right hand pyro flips right yeah. uh or right rudder uh crap what was it gucci what was the name of that sim that was for free helix helix yeah, so and i don't know if any of the other sims have this but i cheated just a tad not cheated but i i cheated uh how dare you when helix <laughs> like pure trainer mode where yes. it has zero gravity yeah, where you basically that. you don't have to use collective and so you learn the stir with right, you know, right, uh, right rudder pyro flips, and it at least sort of allowed me to get used to that stick movement without having to worry about collective and it moving around all over the place. Yeah. So yeah, I think they all do that, and it's really handy. Yeah, that was super cool. Hmm. Yeah. And then something more. So does that mean you're going to start flying drones next? Oh God. Oh. Sorry. Did <laughs> <laughs> somebody throw up in their mouth? I just Bob. had to. Bob, it's not looking good for you, man. Three <laughs> now drones. Uh, oh, no, I'm not. 3D I'm not printers, them. OS yeah. engines. <laughs> no, no, no. Drones are not on my list. That's why I said, are you going to, if you're looking for the cheater way of being easy, that's what breezy flight. Yeah. <laughs> so let me let me bring this up out you know you kevin you talked about you know breaking the whole maneuver let's say in quadrants right right sometimes i even do even a smaller chunk which is entry and exit mm -hmm. right so i would practice that you know i don't even go through even a quarter of the maneuver i'll just from where i'm at in the air is how do i enter a hurricane and then i practice you know i do go a little bit and then i'll come out of it like let's say i get into trouble what is my you know exit bail out plan. yeah bailout mm -hmm. plan yeah. so i call it the exit you know because the exit really ideally in the end sometimes it's going to be the same type of stick movement right doesn't matter if you come out of it at you know three o'clock or twelve o'clock your your stick movement to get to come out of it is supposed to be very similar right Right. So I break it even into smaller chunks um, and I do it that way. But, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it too. Like last night, pretty much from roughly 10 o'clock or so until 1.30 in the morning, all I did was, you know, left hand and right hand, uh, right tail pyro flips. Right. And what I did was in the beginning, it was a stir, right, for my uh, right hand, right? Yeah. Because, you know, and I, I, you know, me and Scott, I think we joked about this before because he came out of you, which was like, oh, nice uh, stir, uh, stick stirring. Mm -hmm. But that's, I, I feel like that sometimes, you know, a lot of our maneuvers are, are stick stirring. That's the beginning. So what sure. I did was in the beginning is, is, can I get it to look somewhat like the maneuver I'm trying to get? And then what I did was then I start breaking into parts, yep. you know, 
So sometimes you not only, you know, break into parts, but sometimes just go even smaller. If, if you break into quadrants and it's not working out for you, maybe even just start even simpler. Yep. Entry, exit, and maybe just stir to see what the helicopter does. Well, you, know? you, you, you touched on a very important thing, which was bailout. And, mm-hmm. and even the Smack Talk videos, of course, they, they talk about this as well. But that's super important. So whatever you're doing, if you take it out in real life, uh, and you've been practicing on the sim, at least try your best to create some type of bailout plan um, so you can get yourself out of trouble. You know, whatever, you know, whatever that means, bringing the tail back to you or rolling out of something to be back upright or, you know what I mean? So right. you, you, you definitely want to have some type of plan, you know, while you're trying to figure this stuff out. So what about, uh, since we're talking about like bailing out, what do you guys think about uh, like rescue or bailout as it's called in some of the other flyboys units? Mm. Never heard of her. <laughs> I mean, my real quick, never... my my take on it is it wasn't there when I started. Like it it wasn't a, a thing when I started flying. At least big enough that you know it was popular. Mm-hmm. So I never got used to having that switch there, and I feel like now if I tried to learn flipping another switch before throttle hold, it's going to really screw me up. So I just avoid it. And then, and then you have to like consider two switches in a very tense moment. Is right. it is it throttle hold or is it rescue? What what altitude are we talking? Like which one am I going to grab? Right. As opposed to just training yourself pull hold. You know, yeah. too old for hold. Yeah, which I don't do either. <laughs> so there's no way. Um, but, I'm torn with that one. But I do know that, like Ben and Doc, you know, they are of that generation. I guess that rescue was a thing, and it's. I mean, even a Neo that Ben is borrowing from me, he was like, "Do you mind if I put rescue on it?" And I was like, ah, "You can do whatever you want, man. It's cool. You're you're borrowing it. Do what you want." But it was it was you gives him the. The warm and fuzzies, I guess, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, but that's the generation where I'm with Mike, you know, when I did this 11 years ago, there wasn't rescue, you know, rescue was run away if it came to. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah. old was rescue. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried because like, yes, it's a good in the fact that if you legitimately lose it just because something happens, you have maybe a method to bail out and save the helicopter. But I see people abusing rescue to the point where they fly so far beyond their own skill set mm. that it yeah. becomes dangerous and they rely on rescue to save their ass. And we have seen so that. They may throw the helicopter into some really gnarly orientations at speed and hit rescue because, hey, it's not going to crash. And then it comes shooting past the flight line or something ridiculous. Yes. So I see a lot of rescue abuse, let's call it. Yeah. Yep. I could agree but, with that. You know, if someone's learning and you know something happens, you 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 lose track of it. You fly into the sun, or you know something that just is dumb, but, and you can't help but it, but have it happen. Then yeah. I think rescue might actually be you know kind of a good thing. But I'm in your boat as well, where it, it didn't exist, and we learned without it, and we learned to learn maneuvers without it too, with gradual progression. Right. Right. Bob, what's your take on that? I would. I agree with everything you said. I I don't use it. I don't program it on anything. I don't set it up. Um, I mean, I'm gonna fly and keep trying to regain control until about the time the blades are gonna hit the grass or the ground, and then I'll hit hold. 
Yeah. Well, that's my man. I know it's when I know it's too late. When I'm you know that close to the ground, no matter what I do, is not going to make a difference. That's when holds getting hit. Send it till you um, end it. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if if it goes in, it goes in. Then I know what. Hopefully, I learn what not to do next time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also get yeah, a better because it was the same way. I didn't learn using it, and I think that's the difference with a lot of people that are learning it now. They have it there, so they're learning having it there. So they're more used to it. They're more accustomed to it. And I guess it goes, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, I guess. Well, um, it's, it's harder to relearn that. It's an older way of looking at it, too, right? It's like, well, man, that just cost me a ton of money. I'm not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. You kind of yeah, go true. out a little bit more well, cautious. chances are you will. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have any advice for newcomers? See, that's, that's that question. It's like, you know, do you encourage rescue or not? Yeah. You know, what, it is available. What I, what I usually tell people is if if you're still learning throttle hold, uh, then, yeah, try it. If you're still in that stage where you're not, you know, it's not a muscle memory to hit throttle hold, then, yeah, sure, take advantage of it if you can. Um, if you already have that muscle memory, it's probably going to be more of a challenge for you to learn that as well than it is to just, you know, hit throttle hold and, and learn the orientations the old school way, you know. I think some of it would depend, too. Like, if if you're lucky enough to have someone that you can learn from, I think some of it's going to be depending upon that person, too. So whatever they're comfortable with. So if they're helping you set up your heli or they're helping teach you to fly you know, you're going to kind of learn some of their ways. So if they don't use rescue, you might kind of not learn rescue as well because they don't know it enough to teach you. Right. So I think some of it, if, like I said, if you're lucky enough to actually have someone to show you and help you and sort of take you under their wing a little bit. Yeah. If you're sort of on your own, then that's, you know, that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's a good point because I've actually had to turn people away that have asked me for help with setting up rescue on the icon stuff. And I'm like, I, I've never even... Other than skipping past that menu and making sure it's all turned off, I have, I don't know how anything in that menu works. Yeah. You know, so it's that's a good point. But, tie, but tying this into learning man, new maneuvers, I mean, would you would you encourage learning bailout or to have no. that rescue there? Don't learn bailout. Just that's where the sim comes in, my personal yeah. opinion. I, agree. I think if you want to do it and you really want to be safe, go to the sim. Practice on there because you can just hit reset. Get the muscle memory sort of figured out. I I think, again, personal opinion, choose a sim where you can use your real radio because the radio in your hands is going to feel more normal and more comfortable instead of having a sim that has this cheap, lightweight, toy-like type controller um, because then it won't feel the same. So if you can use your regular radio on the sim and you're going to use that in real life, that's one less thing you're learning. And it all feels more natural. Maybe the feel of the heli is a little different, but you get the moves down, you get all that, and then in real life, you know, you just have the pucker factor to work through. Right. The pucker factor. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's it true. Doing something in real life is wildly different than the sim. Yeah. But, I mean, at least if you go to the sim, you have an idea of, okay, if this happens, you know, 
this is what I need to do to counteract it. Or like you guys were saying about your, your personal bailout, you know, what do you need to do when things start going wrong? What's your go-to move to bring yourself out? Yeah. So you can start figuring that out in the sim. Cause if you treat the sim like a real one and you do everything you can not to crash, you know, then I, I just think that makes it a little bit easier when you go to real life and then try it there. Uh, it's cheaper as well. And, you know, I, I think that's, that's my personal, what I usually tell people when they come in, you know, what do I do to get started? Here, take this sim. It's going to save you a whole lot of money and headaches. Get it sorted out somewhat on this first and then start off with, you know, something a little more appropriate. For me also, it gives me that little little help to get over the mental block of being worried about doing something in real life. When you mm -hmm. can tell yourself, look, I can do this flawlessly on the sim all day long. Mm -hmm. I could do this in real life. It kind of makes it easier to get over that mental hump of, oh, my God, I'm actually going to do this thing. I might kill it. <laughs> and what you right. just said, Scott, is actually my biggest problem after all this time yet. It's the mental block. Yep. I can do – there's certain stuff I can do on the sim with no problems, and I go out in real life, and, and I think, oh, crap, you know, if I crash this, you know. Yeah. And well. I, I, I don't know if part of it's just because I just don't want to crash it. I don't want to see it get crashed, or I don't feel like putting it together. I don't know. And I, 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 that's the part I've struggled with is why do I have such a mental block on them? Because there's no red button. Yeah. To save you your need, rear end, it's it, it's dollars, you know. Bob, yeah. you need an XL five twenty. <laughs> nah, <laughs> that's your red button right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, and that's where I, I mean, because I have a couple helis. Like, it's not like if I crash one, I got to be worried. Oh crap! I don't have anything to fly. So I have several other helis I can grab. I'm lucky enough, you know, to be able to do that. Um, so I just. My, that's the biggest thing I've struggled with is why do I have this mental block? Why do I freeze up, you know, when I go to do things in real life? And that's the part I'm trying to get past. I, I don't relax enough. Like, I, that's why I say, like, a pucker factor. It was kind of funny, but for whatever reason, I sort of tense up and I don't relax. I've caught myself going to the field and not thinking about a maneuver and not even trying to do something and actually just flying it. And all of a sudden going, holy shit, I just did it. Right? <laughs> it's like the greatest and, feeling in the world. Well, yeah, the, the, here, a funny example. Early on when I was trying to learn TikToks, every time I would do them, I'd only do like two, and they kept dropping, so my buddy kept calling them drops because they just they kept <laughs> dropping. Drops. Well, I realized on the simulator, I'm, I couldn't figure out why I could do them on the simulator, and in real life, you know, I couldn't. And the one thing I realized is I'm listening to music on the simulator. I'm not. I wasn't necessarily listening to music in real life, and it was the timing. The music... <laughs> was actually uh like what's what's those things that go back and forth with for with the momentum metronome. Uh, metronome it was that metronome type of effect so at the field one day i turned music on and i could do tiktoks and it was the timing of the music and the beat did something to my brain where i could actually do tiktoks fine with the music but if i turned the music off i got real sloppy with them interesting um yeah and it was it was i realized this so i'm like what the heck is up with this and you know, I'm I'm getting better with them, and now I'm trying to transition. You know, more like aileron TikToks and get that timing right. But you know, I keep feeding tail into it. But uh, yeah, so I can do it. music gives me a certain timing with it, and I don't know if that's where a lot of other people experience it, and why you always see them wearing like headphones or an earbud when they're flying. You know, yeah, that's so, what they're doing. So it's funny that you say that, uh, Bob, because last night when I was simming and uh, doing some of the maneuvers, every in between some of those maneuvers, I would actually start messing around with TikToks, but either do it every beat 
or like do a uh, cadence of every other beat. Mm-hmm. Keep going back and forth between the in the cadence, and it was actually pretty cool because the music was kind of guiding me and helping me kind of keep that cadence or even skip beats and be able to do it two time, three time, whatever case may be. Right. But it's, it's something super simple, but something like that using music to get your timing actually works. And it like relaxes you a little more or something. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but it just seems like the, like for me, the more relaxed I am, the I can just fly. If, if I'm not thinking about it, I can fly and do it. As soon as I start thinking, what's my next maneuver going to be, or what am I doing? Like that that night we were on the sim, we were all doing it. it was a perfect example. Mm-hmm. If I by myself, no one's there, I can do. They're ugly, but they're half-assed funnels. And that night, I couldn't even get into them. I kept like crashing, doing stupidest stuff, pushing the stick the wrong way because I was trying too hard. When I realized you guys were all watching me do it, <laughs> yeah. And I I froze up, and I just my brain. I was thinking so hard about it that I kept screwing it up. The right. next day, I came back and I was trying it again. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing them, but they're sloppy. But I was at least doing them. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It's amazing how much of this is mental. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, and that's you know, if I can find a way to go to the field and shut my brain down and just go do it, I'd be better because I know how to do a lot of the maneuvers. It's just making them go from my brain to the thumbs at the right time. You know. Right. Is the issue. Which I guess so- is kind of the issue with ball flying in general, so that was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so would you guys agree with um, knowing all of your orientations makes doing maneuvers like 10 times easier? 100 million yes. bazillion percent. Yes. Yep, I'm in the same boat. Do no the doubt about stuff, it. And you could ring it out all day long. And it's yep. funny because that's not how we do things. <laughs> nope. I, I skipped and had to actually go back and learn. And I still have orientations that I'm not like I can yeah. struggle through them, but it's not pretty by any means. Yeah. I mean, when I crashed the 550 this past weekend, it was not in an orientation that I was unfamiliar with, but I just got locked up somehow where I just, I went freaking numb. Mm-hmm. And you, you know what I mean? So, but it's also because of the fact that I'm not 100% with pirouetting, just freestyling. How about that? Right? And that's essentially what I was doing, is I was just merely freestyling it, having fun with it, and it went in. <laughs> you know, so maybe maybe if I, I say I was, you know, comfortable with that orientation, but maybe if I was even more comfortable orientation-wise, like maybe that wouldn't happen. I don't know. But. There's a couple things I want to touch on on that, too. So even if you can hover in an orientation, it doesn't mean you have that orientation. So, yeah, you can fly it and you don't crash, but can you control it and put it where you want it? Right. That matters so much more than just not crashing. So try and hover in that orientation over something that's known. So get a soccer cone or maybe a, a there's a spot on the ground or throw a golf ball out in the field or even a blade holder or whatever. And go try and put the model over that and hold it there for just even a second or two. Yeah. And do it in the orientations that you think you have. You'll be surprised the orientations you really don't have. Yeah. Because you'll be you'll be feeding in the wrong input to make it move to correct position. Um, just keeping it level really doesn't mean you have it. You don't know the, the small manu- uh, movements needed to keep it from moving somewhere you don't want it to go. Yeah. And then the same. one thing... 
one thing that I notice when I do that stuff too is I get this like slight discomfort feeling like you know when you're totally in the zone you got it and you're 100% comfortable you don't even have to think about it and then you start to push the model into an orientation where maybe you don't spend a lot of time there or you're not totally sure where it's going to go you get this like hint of discomfort where you're like I don't like this I don't know why I can't put my finger on it but I just don't like it if you spend most of your flying time when you're practicing in that zone where it's just like marginally uncomfortable for you to do that maneuver, yes, you'll progress so much faster. You push too too hard on that, you go too far past it, you're probably going to crash. If you never go into that zone, you're never going to progress. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, to, so to, to just add what you were that. saying there too is is what would I. What I'll do when I go to the field or what I did, and I, I still do at times, is sort of a big rectangle. You said, like you said, a blade holder or something, but put four of them out mm -hmm. in kind of like a big rectangle. And if you go and you just fly that rectangle slowly, so you hit a point and you stop and you hold it for, you know, a couple seconds and then slowly turn the tail 90 degrees and then fly to the next point, stop, hover it, and you end up, if you just follow that, you're actually hitting flying away, flying towards you, flying right, flying left, and do it slow. Like, when you're going from one point to the other, keep the speed slow. Mm -hmm. It's boring to watch. You know, for anyone watching, they're going to go, oh, my God, they're going to be asleep. But as a pilot, it's, it really does a lot for you because you are so much more in control of everything. Yeah, it's way harder than you think, too. It is. It's and a you'll lot get, harder. Yeah, you'll get in some situations where it's like, you know, you're totally comfortable nose left, upright, and you're totally comfortable nose in, upright. But on the right-hand corner, when you're going from nose left to nose nose in, mm -hmm. and you're turning the model, you'll hit a spot, if you haven't done it a bunch, where you go, oh, man, that felt weird. Yep. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I fully had it, and I couldn't really keep it in one spot while I turned. You just yeah. found something you can practice. Which and practice if you iron through those too. things, yeah. <laughs> yep. I got real big into real slow pirouettes. Like, yeah. like one revolution every 30, 45 seconds. Yeah. So holding it at one spot. Try to, yeah, that. try to hold it. Like Scott said, pick a spot yeah. and try to hold it there good. while yeah, it's yeah. doing that. Mm -hmm. The slower, the, slower sure. the pirouette, the harder it's going to be. So mm -hmm. here's, yeah. here's something interesting, too, is that <laughs> my last three crashes, uh, I say three, uh, the Goblin 700, the Drake, the Nitro, and the last crash with the 550, um, all of those were off of my left shoulder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's not side. that I'm uncomfortable on my left shoulder. It just happens to be sometimes it gets into an orientation where I'm like, what stick am I supposed to do here? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> that split second enough where boom, it's done. Yep. You know? And it's, it's true. Orientations are different on the left and the right from yourself. Yeah. Very much. Like, like if your nose left, for instance, and you're hovering right in front of yourself, it's a true nose left situation. If you go over your right shoulder, it's nose in. Mm -hmm. If you go over your left shoulder, it's tail in. And there's a point where it has to flip, and your brain has to basically decide, okay, I'm flying nose in or I'm flying tail in, or a variation of the two. And sometimes it's just not really wired yet to flip that way. And you go over your other shoulder, and all of a sudden, oh, crap. I'm not used to that. Yep. And it goes in. Yeah. So definitely practice both sides yep and the more strict you are with yourself with position the more you're gonna help yourself like i've seen some people practice this stuff and they're they're kind of close and they drift past it they don't come to a complete stop 
you're just wasting your time if you do that. Like, if you don't force yourself to hold position, you're just literally burning battery pack and not making progress. There's a reason when you go to some of those competitions, like, I mean, we joke about it, but like with Shaggy and Monty, the stuff that you guys are going to go do, you know, there is a reason why a lot of guys don't do it. I think it's because it's a lot harder to do than what most will think or most will give credit for being, I guess, you know, however I want to try to say it. It's um, easier to see issues, I think, too. Yes, you can see all your mistakes. You can't hide them. You know, if you're doing some kind of smack 3D down on the deck and you you accidentally throw the tail the wrong way, you can just kind of go with it, and no one's none the wiser. If you're trying to do something slow where it's a known maneuver or it's something where, you know, it's clear what you're trying to do and you screw up, it's very obvious what that screw-up was. Um, and I just think it teaches you a lot more control. And I, I think one of the best probably in the industry to do all of it is Nick Maxwell. He can take the heli and just do everything, like, dead on, you know, and or go out and fly crazy smack. And I think that's that's a talent because I've seen guys that can fly really crazy smack. And if they try to do this slow stuff, they can't do it for squat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And when so, you're going through this stuff, be honest with yourself. You know, yeah. like Scott said, if you're blowing past it a little bit and you're calling it good, you're not being honest with yourself. You know what I yep. mean? You have to be strict or else it's you're wasting your time. That's true. So one of the things you want that, me to let me throw something out there. Sure. So when you know you're talking about left, you know when you're all over your left shoulder, you potentially your brain has to change, kind of like side, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you guys when you're doing some of these maneuvers? What do you fly? The disc, the tail, you know, kind of mm, what are you taking your clues off? Me, it's it's uh, I watch the canopy and the skids mostly. Really. Okay. Yep. For me, it depends what I'm doing. I mean, I use all sorts of stuff. I'll use the skids usually. That's why I fly white skids. But in most maneuvers, I'm looking at whatever the lowest point of the helicopter is. So if I'm doing a hurricane, I'm looking at, like, the blade tips to see how close I am. If I'm doing a tail down one, I'll look at the tail fin or the tail, uh, tail blades just to see how close I am to the ground, and I'll watch that. I don't really look at any particular part of the heli. But I'll use skids if I'm sight in. And I'll see them silhouette each other a little bit, and I can get a really good idea of how um, how flat the helicopter is side on, kind of thing. Yep. Um, other than that, just scan the whole thing. Yeah. So scary, but I actually I think it comes from me flying full scale. But there's times where if it's nothing fast, like a really heavy pirating speed, right, or um, even super like. When uh, when you're doing a lot of flips on the deck, but it, bigger air, I actually fly like I'm inside the helicopter. <laughs> so I'm actually, you know, it's almost like full scale flying. Is I take a little bit of, you know, where's the helicopter pointing? I see myself flying down the runway and picking points of what I need to do for my control inputs. So right? do you like when you're coming through the bottom of a circuit, right? You go up. Yep. You make your turn, you're coming back down. Do you do like the SAB demo and da 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 da? da. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, it's really odd. You know, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if there's other people, but for certain things, because what it does for me is I don't have to interpret, you know, by me visualizing myself in the helicopter, I don't have to interpret all that information, skids, tail, this, that, and the other. 
I know that if I'm coming down the line and I'm, you know, looking at like flying down the runway, if I need to get away from me, I'm going to go left. So I don't have to look at all this other information per se, or which way do I need to get to go in order to stick input wise in order to get away from myself. Right. So it's just, it's, it's, it sucks because I think it slows my reaction. No, not slows my reaction, but because with the way helicopters operate with the collective pitch, it screws with me at times. I was going to say, I wonder if it is slowing your progression. Yeah. And the reason I say that too is because like, well, once you get into like pirouetting maneuvers, like just mm-hmm. pick pirouetting funnel, like no way are you going to be able to visualize yourself no. in something like you're going to have to take cues from something else. And then what, what I, you know, what you notice going to notice for me is I slow everything down. So if I'm going mm-hmm. super quick on the tail and I get to a position where I need to kind of recalibrate myself, I'll slow it down and it allows my brain to kind of catch up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, there's times when I, I it's like a battle, right? My mind, because I've flown full scale for so long too. Plus, I've done a lot of airplanes. It's almost easier for me to visualize, like looking down the path and which way, you know, you know, I'm looking down the the way I would be in the in the cockpit. Right. And they kind of there's a struggle there, you know. That's where the reason why I ask is like, okay, where do you take your inputs from? Because you hear sometimes fly the disc, right? Fly the you know the canopy, fly the tail. You know, there's there's a lot of information that our brains I feel like have to interpret really quick, and and understand where do you need to put your inputs. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people, rather than think of it that way, is what is the nose, what is the tail, what is the disc telling me in the skids? They would rather just do stick movements and not necessarily understand what is the input that needs to be input at that point, you know? So maybe do start thinking about, you know, almost visualizing where do the inputs need to go rather than just stir sticks. So kind of bringing this back to approaching new maneuvers. I mean, maybe in the beginning you should fixate on some particular portion of the helicopter to help you, you know, drive it through whatever maneuver you're trying to, to achieve yeah and i think it changes over time too it does as you progress sure and i think it will on the fly change like you're saying scott yeah Mm -hmm. i used to use the canopy all the time and i couldn't really fly without a canopy Mm. and i noticed this year that it stopped mattering at all right and i also noticed that i could fly into more darkness and stuff that didn't seem to matter because i'm not using parts of the heli anymore i just sort of see that it kind of goes where I think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've, I've had situations where I'm on the sim and I'm, I'm kind of looking at the TV and like flying in my peripheral vision and I'm doing pretty damn good. Like I'm not, I'm not crashing. It's doing what I expect. And I don't need to have like a focused lock on the helicopter anymore. You know? Yeah. Right. Like I was amazed last year when I saw Dan Murnane fly and it was so dark, I could barely make out the heli and it was just like this kind of dark silhouette. And then you could see the V bar light and he's thrown down. And I just noticed, you know, through the this portion of this year that it's starting to happen now, you know, with my flying. I'm seeing that kind of stuff happen. So I think it, like you guys are talking, it progresses and it changes. And the, the more you learn the way a helicopter should move with what you're doing, the less you actually need to have, like, a, a nice focused beat on the heli itself. Yeah. Yeah. See, when I got yeah, started, when I got started, I I didn't fly the canopy on the the heli very much and 
<laughs> I probably am guilty of two things. One, because all the pros did it. So I thought, eh, it's good enough for them. It's good enough for me. But really and truly, the other side of that was, is that I hated taking the canopy off and on. That's <laughs> me. <laughs> and so I'm just, I'm too lazy to the point where I'm like, I don't need this damn thing, whatever. And so all my canopies would stay mint. And the helicopter, <laughs> of course, didn't. But the, the you know, the, well, ask Mike, the Black Thunder uh, canopy was... Yeah, brand new. It brand new. Never been. It was never even. The canopy mounts weren't even on it. Um, wrong color, though. Yeah, wrong color. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I learned very early on, you know, to fly the disc, the skids, and the tail. Those are kind of my cues. And um, doesn't mean that there's been times where I'm like, oh gosh, am I this direction or that direction? But I just rely on instinct of what was my last input and what did it do. And, yeah. you know, kind of go from there. But that's, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, you know, I say I fly the canopy, but, you know, I fly without a canopy a lot. But I look for that front portion of the helicopter, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you're not like you don't really focus on it. Like you're watching it go through the whole part of the maneuver. It just depends. You're using it for like you you put it, Kevin, uh, for cues. Right. You know, like, OK, I'm nose in. OK, I'm tail in. You know what I mean? You kind of just to kind of know where you're at and you. As you develop that muscle memory, you really don't, you know, like Scott said, you don't have to pay attention as quite as much because you're just kind of watching it come around and it's like, okay, you know where to go, what to do, you know where it's going next. Right. And it kind of almost fades away a little bit, you know, and then you start focusing on like, you know, as you fly lower, it's like, okay, what part's coming close to the ground? Then you're, you know, you adjust to to whatever that part is. So, right. Mm -hmm. It's like flying at night. Right. The more you progress, it's almost like flying at night where you're not focusing on stuff. You kind of peripheral, kind of see things happening and let it track and do your corrective inputs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm going to take this one, Scott. Sorry. Uh, sure. So something else, and of course we all can talk on it, but um, I think really the easiest way to progress and approach new maneuvers would be if you're lucky enough to have somebody at your field that flies exponentially better than you. I agree. A hundred percent. That's, that's a huge one. Not, that's not, not the only, case for everyone, but. Yeah. Not only for learning maneuvers, but for keeping the fire burning, you know what I mean? Sure. To kind of keep, you know, like me and Dave do that with each other. If if I kind of get in a slump, he'll call me up and be like, "Hey, man, let's you know, let's go, let's go out for a flight after work." You know, we call it league night. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he's like, "Yeah, I got to tell my wife I got heli league tonight, so she'll actually let me go because then it's you know fully committed to it." You know, um, but yeah, we we kind of feed off each other. And if I notice he's kind of fizzing out a little bit, then I'll try to inject some you know some energy into it and just kind of keep feeding off each other. Sure. So I think that's a big thing. And having somebody to push you, like you guys talked about having that mental block, you know, like you want to try it so bad, but you just can't get your hands to do it. Well, if you have somebody there to kind of say, dude, you've done this on the sim, you got it. You know what I mean? Just, just do it. Go up high and just do it. You know how to get out of it. What's, you know, you you got it. Mm -hmm. That makes all the difference, in my opinion, you know, right. having somebody there just to kind of help push you over that edge. So kind of like with Bob, you know, he lives in Pennsylvania there. And of course, he drives to you guys frequently. But 
there's not really a whole lot of heli folks in your area, you know. No, no, and that's that's one of the reasons I really enjoy coming out to Nighthawks, you know, out there. It's it's not really because they're good people. It's just somebody to fly with. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's there's some of the best well, people there are out there. But uh, at the I, same I, time, you know, you you learn from what they're doing. Yes, and I'm yeah. willing. I'm I'm very willing. It's a five hour drive for me to get there, so it's sure. not like it's you know right around the corner. But I don't even think anything of it. I'll easily make five hours to go there because I will learn a lot more there, and then it also kind of ignites that you know that drive to like that's you know somebody there pushing you a little bit, you know, because I'll go there and I'll be flying, and Mike's always like that that little devil in your ear going, "Try this, try that, go ahead, go do this, go do that," and I'll. I'll try within reason, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. If I crash, I crash, you know, no big deal. But around where I'm at, it, we don't have that. Right. So it does sort of, now I don't I'm, want to say it gets stale, but it sort of does. I'm curious uh, for your situation, Bob, when your kids were flying, did, did you feel like you had that with them or was it more or less you kind of as stood far back as and were watched? They, yeah, I did. I, I more stood back. I would, I would fly when I had the chance, but, Usually I was, you know, I was more of the, the pit crew, okay. um, you know, and I was keeping things going. You know, when we went to a, uh, a fun fly, like an Urcha, for example, you know, we would get to Urcha and it was just nonstop. Of you, me usually having a heli on the table, fixing, tweaking, going over it, making sure things are tight, making sure things are good, you know, because when, when they were going to go out, they were punishing them and I wanted to make sure, you know, that their flying lawnmower wasn't going to fly apart on them. <laughs> so, you know, and that's kind of how I looked at it, you know, from the safety standpoint, like I was probably over conscious. So I would, every couple of flights, I'm like checking every nut and bolt in this thing and I'm making sure everything was good. And, you know, I wanted to make sure it was absolutely safe um, to the point now where I can't even stand with my kids when they fly because they get a little too close. They do a little something and I'm all going, Oh, don't do this. Don't do that. Like I'm, I'm annoying to them and I know it, I hear it, but I'm a dad. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's my job to do that. So I don't even, I won't even spot for them anymore because I don't want to hold them back on anything. Right. Um, but I didn't have them really now. They were helping me. Like I'd go to fly and they, they'd be like, Oh, try this or try that. And, um, it just wasn't quite the same, you know, for some reason, I don't know why. Hmm. I just, I think cause I wasn't flying as consistently at the time. Like I would fly here and there, but I wasn't flying very consistent. And then the first fun fly I went to where I didn't have any kids with me, I didn't know what to do. I went right. there and I'm like, okay, I can fly. You know, like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, yeah. You know, like the first, the very first archer we went to was in 2012. And I think I got three flights in maybe, um, you know, for, I was there from a Thursday to a Sunday and I think I got three flights in. I was fine with that. You know, and that was kind of the consistent of each one until the, you know, the first 2016, I guess it was, was the first time my oldest didn't go or 2017. I forget what it was. And the first time he didn't go, I just had more time than I knew what to do with. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what do I do? Oh, yeah, I guess I can go fly. You know, so I would actually start getting some more flights in. And that's when it really started to ramp it up a little bit for me. Right. But yes, so I mean, it's I miss I miss having people around here to push you and give you a kick in the ass and saying, "Hey, do this, do that," you know, making you try to do things that you know you pushing you outside your comfort zone, you know, making you go yeah. just a little bit more. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that too. You know, I didn't have a lot of people around me um, that were exceptional. Uh, Marcus Kim, of course, was in Columbia, but I, you know, we didn't really see a lot of him. Uh, and there was one other guy that I flew with, but he wasn't really doing anything that I would say inspired me. Videos and YouTube and things like that of watching all the pros were by far more exciting than, you know, even the guy I was flying with at the time, you know. So that's a tough one if you don't have somebody near you that you can ping that off of. Like, you know, Nighthawks, you know, you guys have Todd Dudek, you know, who's been doing this for eons, you know. Yeah, well, he's he's our he's pretty much our punching bag right. at this point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, Todd Todd's awesome. We he's teaches us a lot, really. He's got a lot of experience. He's been flying since uh the early 80s. Maybe even longer. Since mom. Since yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so. So maybe the last piece of advice we'd really would have for somebody trying to approach uh, new maneuvers would be to uh, to go to fun flies, right? Yep. yep. I mean, that's, Definitely. you know, use your time there to ask a lot of questions and say, how do you do this? And, and I, you know, I know there's a lot of times there's buddy boxing going on and, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, go to fun flies and fly. That's what I was just going to say. And take your heli with you. Don't go to a fun fly and say, I'm just going to watch. Right. Yeah. Take your, he- take your heli with you. Just find some random person. If you don't know them, just start talking to them. And, and almost everybody, when you go to those fun flies is going to help you out. Yeah. Yep. This cool. this hobby has some of the greatest people I've ever met in my entire life in it. Absolutely. Have, have done more for me than than you know I will ever be able to do for anybody else. So it's pretty amazing. So yeah, take advantage of that. You know, that's where you meet them at is at the fun flies, and yeah. there's a lot of great people out there. So yeah, it's a great place to progress too. I mean, I spent years and years flying solo with no one else to fly with, and I went to my first fun fly in 17, and holy crap, that gave me tons of motivation, opened up my eyes to what the hobby was really like, and then like sent me on a tangent for for progression. Right. And I'm so thankful for it. Like, I just, yeah. it's, it's a totally different experience. Off. I mean, my my very first fun fly was an Urcha. I mean, I wow. wasn't anything oh, wow. before that. Yeah, so my very first fun fly was uh, Urcha 2012, and I, I just I pulled up and it was like the middle of the afternoon, and I went, "Oh my God, what are we doing?" You know, I'm seeing these campers and I'm seeing all this stuff, and I'm just <laughs> it was so overwhelming. I'm like, you know, so I would say go to a fun fly like on a smaller level <laughs> um, is a little bit better for your first couple, but any anywhere, just go ask people. Don't be afraid to ask them for help. You know, yeah. if they don't know or can't help you, they're going to point you in a direction of who's going to help you. Well, I know that this no could really, need. yeah, I really, this could probably open up a whole nother can of worms, but, um, you know, I've heard in the past that some people will take their helis to fun flies and they'll tap the shoulders of the pros and say, will you fly my heli? And I know that <laughs> they do that for the very reason, cause they want some, you know, 
uh, sense of that they've done it right, that they've set it up correctly, you know, and uh, if not, then, you know, that pro typically will take time and, and spend time with that person to, to reset things up. But uh, what I'm getting at is sometimes an improperly set up heli will, will stunt your progression, right? Because you're chasing a heli around that <laughs> could be a lot more rock solid and it may keep you from learning new maneuvers, right? Yeah. So it's kind of the I same. I had that question early on too. You know, I, I really want a pro to fly it because I had no idea if my setup was even relevant or good or anything. And right. the moment when they're like, yeah, it flies awesome. You're like, yes. Now yeah. I know that I can like push on and it's not going to do something stupid on me. Like just blow out in a maneuver. Right. And mm -hmm. as silly yeah. as it sounds, it's kind of like to see them wail on your helicopter gives you that sense of confidence of like, okay, it can handle it. Like it, you know, I'm not that good, but what little I'm going to do is enough to get through these beginning days of, of learning certain maneuvers. Right. Yeah. And going, okay. I can do that. The hell he's not going to hold me back. It's just me. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. But keep in mind, if, if you tell them to whale on your helicopter and it comes apart, don't be <laughs> upset with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I have that talk with everybody. <laughs> I'm like, here's the rules. If I dumb thumb it in, I'm going to replace it. If it explodes in the air because it's a mechanical failure, that's on you. You still want to do this? <laughs> right. Yep. So I, I personally it. won't fly anyone's stuff for that reason. Me um, either. If, if somebody, I've already had people think, well, can you just hover this? Can you do this? And I just won't because I don't want somebody to come back at me. If, if they put their heli together and I haven't had a chance to go over it, I don't want to fly it because I've seen, I've seen horrible stuff. I've seen people go up and blade grips go flying off and... Mm. I don't want to be flying it when that happens and have them try to blame me for it. So I just take myself out of that equation. Unfortunately, I don't mean to be rude or towards someone, but I just, I, okay. if I have no time with the heli to check it over, I don't want to fly it. Right. Look, look I got one last thing, you okay. know, as far as approaching new maneuvers, you know, and it's because my, I guess my quest through the, all the years that I've been trying new things, don't be afraid, afraid to change your goals. When it comes to new maneuvers, if you hit a plateau, you just don't, we can't get it. You know, don't be afraid to say, okay, let me find something else, maybe something of a lower skill sure. for me to get back into it. I like so, that. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people, you know, fail to, you know, they, in most instructor type courses, they always teach you is learn to actually anticipate the plateau in the learning, you know, process. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, I, I just want to do paraflips. And if I can't get paraflips, then, that, you know, I don't need to, need to know anything else. And it's like, you know, don't beat yourself up. Don't be afraid to set new goals. And sometimes new goals means being able to do circuits, maybe be able to do really clean loops, you know. So I think a lot of people fall into that, you know, phase where it's like, I just can't do this. I can't do pyro flips. So therefore I'm just going to stop flying. You know, mm. don't be afraid to keep going after new maneuvers and approaching those new maneuvers and setting new goals. I think that's going to help you with progression in the long run. Sure. Uh, a quick question for you guys. And, and I, I don't know the answer to this. And that's why I was just kind of asking, is there anywhere online and maybe I'm missing and I'm, I'm even thinking if somebody hasn't been flying that long and they're listening to this, you know, they might not know what a hurricane is. They might not know what a pyro flip is. They might not know what a funnel is. So is there somewhere, like, you know, where it lists basic maneuvers, like, by the name, and then maybe gives 
either a link to see somebody flying it like that or a description of what that maneuver is. Yeah, there is. Because there are some weird names to some of these things, you know, and then because I've heard some people refer to, and it might be a regional thing, some people don't call them funnels, they call them pie dishes. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, and there's, I've heard different people things, are doing so drugs. I think so, too. <laughs> but, you know. Um, they but they are just drone about, users. A lot of people don't <laughs> know what a certain maneuver is called. So, so there's I'm this YouTube curious. channel, YouTube channel called RCHeli.club. Okay. And there's a ton of YouTube videos in here about maneuvers and what you can do. And they cover, uh, you know, simulator videos, basically, of these maneuvers and what they are. And they do a bunch of different things. They even cover F3N, F3C maneuvers, four-point TikToks, XFC uh, schedules and stuff, like tons of stuff. And they show you the stick inputs and everything. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that existed. See, learn something new. Yeah. yeah. That's usually – usually I'll hit up uh... – YouTube and just type in what I'm looking to learn how to do or that's whatever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but again, being somebody that's new, how do they know what to look up? That that's what I mean. So, right. you know, they don't if they want to learn to do a certain maneuver, what do they? They don't know what they're looking for. You know, I'm thinking of you know somebody that might not have somebody at their club with them. So, you know, how do they generically sort of find something so that RC club? That would be a good thing to know about. Right. right. Yeah, so, but maybe we can put a link for that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. That, and the yeah, one that I heard, link YouTube, link in description. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The thing that I mentioned goes through the entire RCHN pilot proficiency program. Oh, cool! And covers all of those maneuvers on video. Nice. I know. Once upon a time, I, I don't even know if this exists because I haven't gone to it. Heli Freak used to have, you know, a series of videos on some of that stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I, I don't know if it's all eights or something. Yeah, and they had It was like Finless Bob or something. I think had some yeah. stuff too at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like I said. I don't even know if that stuff still exists anymore or not. Well, two that we definitely know of that can help you learn maneuvers uh, is learning 3D with uh, Smack Talk RC uh, on YouTube. Of course, those videos yep. used to cost yeah. something, but now they've uploaded them all to YouTube for free. And uh, honestly, that's that was uh, that was how I got through a lot of the stuff that I know is that I would watch those videos over and over and over again. Um, and of course, one of our previous guests, Simone Zunter, uh, she of course has been starting a learning to fly, you know, uh, YouTube series as well. So um, those are two that you could reach if you uh, wanted to see some of this stuff in action, you know. Nice. I like it. Well, let's wrap this up. I'm getting tired. Yeah, me too. I'm out Ooh, of beer. It's been a long one. Well, Bob, thank Uh-oh. you so very much for coming on this show and spending time with us yet again. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. I have fun with you guys every time. Well, how would people get in touch with you if they wanted to? How how could you how could they do that? Uh easiest way is through like Facebook. Um, if you find me through Facebook and then, you know, you can find me there or message me through Facebook. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Uh, just look me up just under, oh my God, what am I, just Bob Easter, I guess on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So how much I even look at my own thing. Yeah. So I guess you just look me up by name and it's last name's H-E-I-S-T-E-R. Nice. Perfect. 
All right. Well, if you would like to get in touch with us here at the Helihead Show, uh, you can email us at theheliheadsshow at gmail.com. If you have uh, any show ideas or questions or you'd like to be an average Joe, uh, please email us at that address and we would certainly uh, get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, and uh, Mike, what are some other ways they can follow us and uh yeah you can check us out on our facebook page make sure you give us a like um and subscribe to us on Podbeam and itunes nice leave us a review yeah that'd be fun too a good one yeah, a, a good, good one <laughs> <laughs> or else jobs depend on it oh, yeah, or else we're just gonna delete it so yeah whatever <laughs> waste your time if you want you yeah <laughs> And if you leave us one that's quirky, we might read it on the show. You never know. Um, podcasters. Let's cover those folks. Yep. Who we, we got? got? Freefall RC Podcast. They are a helicopter, airplane, 3D printing, movie reviews. Pretty much a one-stop shop for anything that you would ever need. I like it. Uh, yep. Check them out. Like Walmart, huh? Yep. <laughs> oh. Okay. Perfect. Telerotor podcast. Yeah. Who is mostly heli focused and very technical, very detailed in nature, thanks to Monty, Shaggy, and some of the other guys that are hosts on there. Perfect. Then we got the BK podcast where Bert and Ernie talk about news and events that happen on Sesame Street. Perfect. <laughs> then we've got Skids Up, who cover helis primarily. We haven't heard from them in a little while. So, uh, Get us an episode to listen to, you guys. Yeah. And uh, I'm next up, but I don't want to take this away from Scott. So. <laughs> Inverted down under. A couple of blokes who talk about helicopters and other things like that. Perfect. Ready on. Cheerio. Cheerio. <laughs> yep. We got Houdini RC Heli Podcast. This is a new one. Um, they got another episode out. I think they... Uh, did one with our buddy Brent, so yeah. make sure you go check it out. It was pretty good. I it was good. It, it was really nice. good. Mm -hmm. RC Roundtable is mostly airplane focused. Perfect. And Mike, how about that last one there? Uh, this one is the Who is Matt Ruddick podcast. <laughs> um, full of nothing <laughs> that you need to listen to, and uh, yeah, don't like them, leave them a bad review. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. Unlike, not like, unlike. <laughs> How about some archived podcasts? If you wanted it's to dig you, back man. and listen to the old stuff. I mean, You're the old man. Them. All right. Let me put my teeth in. Uh, yeah, give us a story, <laughs> Grandpa. <laughs> RC Today Show. Chris, James, and Bobby. It's uh, They cover a lot of stuff. Airplane, heli, and, and sometimes other stuff. So... Uh, Pretty good stuff. I mean, of course, a lot of it's outdated at this point with uh, some of the product they would talk about, but they do what most podcasts do. They talk about helicopters, so that's always fun. But, uh, Mike, who's next there? Uh, we have RCHN 2.0. These guys are the godfathers of helipodcasting. Uh, their stuff is very technical, very entertaining. Uh, they did a, a great job. Um, they are no longer on Podbean, I don't think, but they are available on uh, Apple Podcast app. So oh, make sure you go on there, or, yeah, or iTunes, whatever they call yeah, it. Now, sorry, I messed up that. <laughs> um, 
Yep. Go on there and listen to it. Start at the beginning and, and listen to all of them. They're, they're a lot of content in there. So that still works with stuff we have today. So yeah. yep. then we got RC Heli Hooligans. We got uh, Walt and Ed that do Telefocus podcasts. Unfortunately, they're not doing them at the moment. We should really get on them and try and get them to start it up again. Yeah. yeah pull them, it was pull fun them out of archive. To. Yeah. Pull them on out of there. Yeah. Yep. What else we got? Bob. If you wanted to. Yes. If you uh-huh. wanted to. Uh, Man, I'm trying to think of something new. <laughs> if you want to check out the coolest YouTube channel, nah, you can go to RC Speed Racer. Oh, he's getting shameless. <laughs> so, yeah, this isn't BK. Yeah, yeah. Stop it. You said you said you want to mix it up, right? <laughs> All right, yeah, let's hear it. So yeah, you go on, you, you look up RC Speed Racer. You can find that on YouTube and find some cool videos on there, and make sure to like and subscribe. No bad reviews. Smash that bell button. That's right. Nice. Love it. Anyway, sorry, I had to throw that in there. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. good. You didn't have to, but you chose yeah. to. It's cool. We'll I send you the too, bill. Yeah. We'll yeah. send you the bill. Not cool. Okay. <laughs> we gotcha. want 10% of your uh, the, your views you get after this. If, if you want to go to, you know, you can go find that that, that Bill Ann guy. Ooh. I mean, you, oh. you can find him, and, you know, he's got... Yeah, he's got some his, cool videos. And his stuff's okay. Videos. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. What does he do? Yeah. He pleasures his eyeballs. Oh. Wait. He pleasures everybody's eyeballs. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, oh. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't he's, matter he if you're blue the community's eyeballs. Ooh, so he pleasures everybody? Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Boy, he's no. uh, getting around. Yeah. <laughs> he's out there. He's mm. got to be tired. He got to be. Sometimes you get tired and you just need to head on home and uh, fix yourself a snack, you know? Yep. Hmm. What, what do you, uh, how do you do that? Hey, Bob. Yeah. If you were hungry for a snack and you wanted some cool recipes, who would you hit up? I think I'd probably have to hit up uh, Billy Ann uh, 2, the YouTube cooking channel. Yep. Hmm. Late night cooking yep. with Bill Ann. Yeah, late night, yep. Perfect. R- rumor has it he's doing frozen fries this week. Frozen <laughs> fries. <laughs> yep. mm. Nice. I mean, waffle fries or crinkle fries? What are we talking about? Uh, I don't know. Well, seasoned, I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah. And are we using the microwave? Or are we using to watch the and see. have to watch and see. Curly Stay fries. Tuned. Crispy fries. Fryer. He might even <laughs> bust out a deep fryer. Who knows? This can Ooh. get this can get rowdy. That's mm. dangerous. Yeah. Uh, also, we talked about it earlier. We have if, uh, Learn How to Fly with Simone. This is Simone Zunter's uh, YouTube channel. So yeah. go on there and check that out. Perfect. Uh, and then, of course, next up we have Fun Flies coming up. Um, it's not looking good, you guys. Um, we definitely uh, got some bad news the other day. And uh, I actually had reached out to Andy from Freefall and was questioning about their fun fly. Uh, and it looks like it has been canceled. So unfortunately, the Freefall RC Helifest is at the moment canceled. Um, but if you're still hungry, we've got Cincy Smackdown, June 4th through the 7th. And uh, Scott, what's that next one there, buddy? 
Uh, we got the F3N, F3C competition in Goldsboro, North Carolina with our boy. Uh, I forgot his name. How did I forget his name? Monty. Monty. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Monty. Yeah. And as far as we know, every time we question, he continues to say, it's going. So uh, it looks yeah, like. He said if it's legal, he's there. Right. Right. So. Uh, Define legal. Like, <laughs> we don't legal. got time for that, Gucci. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, no, ain't got no gas in it. Hi, <laughs> right, Dan. Who's got the next one? Hi, mm. <laughs> right, Dan. Hi, right, Dan. If you want to go down that dragonfly, mm. Mm. Press June twenty sixth through the twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah. If competition is not your thing, then definitely hit up Dragonfly. That is a definite cool event. If you've never been there, I've been there a couple times. It's or once, once or twice. Anyway, I've been there. It's a lot of fun. So uh, good times. Or if you uh, hate Southerners, you could always come to the Ohio Heli Throwdown. Go spend some time in Canada Woo-hoo. on the twenty sixth through the twenty eighth. That is our very own yard sales fun fly. Guaranteed to be a good time. Um, Only if Bob shows up. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll be there. Absolutely. For a good time, please yeah. call yard sale at 938-2828. <laughs> All right. Let's get it out of here. So parting words. Gucci, hit it. Hashtag sellout all in. <laughs> yes, and, indeed. Mm-hmm. And you guys will know what I'm talking about. And the other one I mm, prize. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is hashtag back that thing up twenty twenty point five. Yeah. I don't know where that came from, but I just said it. Well, we gotta do uh, you know, figure that out because uh, you know, you and Simone, you have some entertainment to drum up for us. I'll pleasure the eyeballs. Hopefully, Bill Ann mm. picks me up for one of his videos. I'm scared. Big time. Me too. Yard sale. Yep. Hit it. Uh, hashtag get your ass out and fly. Boom. And hashtag bust up them SABs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, Scott. It's going to take you a little while, buddy, but oh, get started. Yeah, I got a couple things here. Uh, hashtag right. electrics 2020. Ugh. Wait, no, 2020.5. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Who's the sellout? What? What? Nothing. Hashtag share the fun. <laughs> Hashtag bitch mittens. <laughs> <laughs> and I was on the sim and I got asked to give some shout outs. So we got a shout out to Emilio at NEPRCC which is the Northeast Philly RC Club. And then also a shout out to Jimmy Tate. He says hello to everyone at the Heliheads podcast. Nice. Hello, nice. Jimmy. What up, Jimmy? What up, Jimmy? <laughs> Ain't got no Tate in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, mine keeps growing too. So let's get on with it. Um, Whoa. Yeah, well, let's let's put. I'm, uh, I'm not getting on nothing that's growing. I'm just putting nope. that out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from our very own Keith Williams. Hashtag send it till you end it. Nice. Uh, of course, I am too old for hold. Gasser 2020. Hashtag fly safe, stay safe, drink Corona, and hashtag 
Es Finter Sucio. Es Finter Sucio. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. This has been episode number 19 with our guest, Bob Heaster. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye. See ya. Later, Peter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I go to bed now? Yeah, Jesus. Deuces. Holy shit balls. I just mute it and walk away. Shoot. Can't keep me away from the toilet. <laughs> hey, if I gotta go, I gotta go. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> the new intro is just gonna be me, me repeating like the yeah. free fall thing. So. My 105 sucks. My 105 sucks. And then it's gonna be shut up, Shaggy! Yeah. <laughs> and then Scott, bitch mittens, bitch mittens. <laughs> what is this question about children in the hobby? Does he have children in the hobby? He does. Okay. Just making sure. I was not sure if it was that <laughs> or what's your opinion of children in the hobby? Like, do you like to push yeah, them over? Or, now, or do, like that. do I have to give? Do I have to give serious answers, or can absolutely I not? And give give some no. be like you screw with these a little bit. No, you can tell us you have a stripper pole and you dance with chickens if you want. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah. what do you think about children in the hobby? You can say they're delicious. Oh <laughs> they, my god, like, they were great. A little bit of barbecue sauce died. and mayonnaise. A little bit of barbecue <laughs> sauce. Well, let's get this shit right, show back on the road. It. Yep, let's get her it's done. Eleven o'clock already. Jeez. Wait, Bob works in the hobby. What's that? Where yeah. have you been? Yeah, he, he's... Yeah, a, working at a hobby shop. Ah, uh, damn it, no Bob. shit. Dude, it, I Bob. just realized, Bob, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah. No, nobody yeah. does. Nobody, I, I'm a man of mystery. All right, you guys ready? Let's go. Let's do it. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> that just became the intro. <laughs> oh yeah! Got a rosebud in them there for you. <laughs> you play the tuba? Jeez, <laughs> oh, it's the tuba. <laughs> Is that tuba? a tuba? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right. You guys are so mature. Totally. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are here with our special guest. We, uh, how can I, I just can't. I just what a can't. good commercial. I just can't. <laughs> it's not even past midnight yet.
According to Mike, this is the YS commercial. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Oh. Sorry. I'm a little gassy. <laughs> oh, I. <laughs> oh, shit. Kind of sound like your uh, OS 105. Mm. Yeah, running. Ooh. All right, we ready? What, you want to hear what Dan's YS sounds like? Tell me. <laughs> Perfect, ain't it? No, it's It didn't even do that. It just got sounds quiet. like sounds like a blown out pussy. <laughs> all right. That's crazy. Can't have an educated conversation. Oh. I know you can breathe in popcorn. Oh, shit. I'm fucking crying. We got, we got a damn bleeder and a choker, only one. Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh.